Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. And a line drive down the right field line. It's a fair ball hitting on the grass, rolling into the corner. Reyes has scored. Devers to third. He's held there. And Turner has done it again with an RBI double. And the Red Sox take a 6-5 lead. A pitch away, and he lined a bullet. No chance for McKinney, the right fielder, to grab it. Deep drive to left off the bat of Amaya. This ball's got a chance. Gone. Long home for the rookie catcher, Miguel Amaya. And the Cubs lead 4-1. Springer slams a breaking ball to left, and that ball is gone. Third home running, four batters for the Blue Jays. It's 9-2. They just won't stop hitting homers today in Cincinnati. Yates throws, and it is ball four. He walked him. Missed low with a fastball. A four-pitch walk to Jock Peterson. It comes with the bases loaded in the ninth inning, and the Giants take a 4-3 lead. 0-1 pitch. Mateo hits it high and deep. Left field. Kent back, giving way to tail to Butler. He can't make the catch. It bangs off the wall. Mateo around second. Pass third. He's going to try and score. Jorge Mateo and inside the park home run. Good morning, everybody. Coffee and cream in the morning on Herd at Sports Radio. We are live from the in-progress renovation of Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. Robbie Lula in the seat for the first hour. This is until Wednesday or Thursday. I think I are you on? I can't I can't hear you. But sometimes it, it's just you're actually going over the radio. Right, Shane? That's how it is? Like, if we can't hear it in the headset, but he's still going over the radio? That is correct. Yeah, see? Technology. Can't live with it, can't live without it. That's what Shane said about... Um, yeah, so it looks a little different. In oh, there here. you go. Um, we the All the tables and chairs are out, so it's just a big empty space right now. And uh, It's always a big empty space well, in the morning for us. True. <laughs> but it's more empty because there's no seats basically in the entire restaurant right now. Shane said they got the new sign out front, mm-hmm. so that'll be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're uh, ready to reopen on the 28th. Yeah, it looked good when it not, pulled up. Not too shabby. Next Monday is the big reopening, so we are looking forward to that. That's yep. the 28th, right? Yep, reopening. <laughs> Carry the two. Rebra- yeah, it's divided by <laughs> you know what? Let me use the uh, the windows here to do my math because it's so foggy and it, it, there's condensation mm-hmm. all over the door that uh, we could do plenty of math problems on there and be fine. It could probably look like goodwill hunting. Yeah. Like we could go from <laughs> one end to the other and solve solve like the most insane mathematical equation. But when I opened the door this morning, I told you it was like, it was probably like 
like if if you're at Westside's practice, we'll take DV for example, and mm-hmm. after practice he just went up to Caleb and just used his left hand and just wiped the left side of Caleb's face. <laughs> like that's how it feels to open up a door handle today. Yeah, it's a little it's a little uh a little moist. Mm. A little that's not a word that some people <laughs> like to hear there. It's a little it's a little muggy and gross out today, but uh yeah, it's welcome to yeah, that that thing wet, Shane. Uh, welcome, welcome to Nebraska. I guess in in you know it's supposed to be cooling down about now. Instead, no, gonna have nope. the hottest days of the year. One hundred two, one hundred two, right? That that's what it's at. What is the heat index? Uh, yesterday, I think it was pretty close to one twenty. I saw somebody say because they were out. Is at that the, warm? It's it's a little warm. They were out at the Pink concert last night, which was outdoor at TD Ameritrade. Oh. And so, yeah, they're like, yeah, the heat index of about 120. I would not listen. I, you know, pink isn't like my jam anyway. Uh, don't you know if, if it's if it's for you, that's cool. But uh, well, I like the color. There, there. Oh, is, you mean the artist? Yeah, there is not a lot of people in the world I would spend that time outside for, <laughs> in the the conditions that were there. Yesterday. What about Chicken Nick? You know, Chicken Nick, I might have. I had a <laughs> better chance with Chicken Nick than you would with Pink. Uh, thankfully, they were in inside here at our in our lovely space. That uh, to close. How was that, dude? It was so much fun. Uh, they were closing down the Hale Varsity Club uh, last event there last night. Um, it was man, it was so much fun, and just the to see how many people were here. I mean, from where we're at on the studio stage, the H and H Chevrolet mm-hmm. stage. Um, all the way back. I mean, it was this place was. I packed. saw the photo. I saw the selfie. I couldn't be here. I was I was at home with the fiance. Um, yesterday was a pretty important day for her. Sure. It was the day that she lost her father. So, um, you know, I spent the day at home, um, just making sure that she was, you know, a okay. Um, so I was sad that I couldn't miss the event, but I I was definitely in the right place. So. Uh, that's why I ask all these questions yeah. because I, I, I was really curious because, as, as you pointed out, not only from left to right if, when, where we're sitting on the stage, but deep. All the way I back. mean, you go to the back wall, and what was cool about it, too, is with these big double doors, you can sit people mm-hmm. all the way back there, yeah. and they can still get the experience. Now, were Schick and Nick on the TVs or no? Yeah, so they were on the TV, at least in here, so I assume they were out there as well. Um, it was... It's just so cool to see kind of the, you know, communities may be a strong word, but, you know, I'll call it that kind of the community that their show has created. And, you know, we were talking about this before we went on the air, but it's crazy to think they did a show for less than three years, which in the grand scheme of radio shows is is not a super long time. Right. Um, And. They were off the air between when they started the podcast and uh, when they went off the air on their previous show. They were off the air for eight or nine years in between that. Themselves, right? Like yeah, together. Together, yeah. Like obviously Nick had his stuff that he's been doing. Schick has been at ESPN for a long time, uh, basically since he left Omaha mm-hmm. in, in 20. And we'll talk to Matt Schick later on today in the show. Yeah, which he's terrific. Um, but – it's crazy to think this the show had not existed for eight or nine years and people still like clamored for it obviously the the podcast has been a huge success the and and they'll tell you like people still come up to them you know eight ten twelve years later and 
yell out lines from their show that, that happened back in you know 2009 to 2011 it's it's really uh, the kind of like following and devotion like when you do what we do it's the thing it's that what, you strive you admire. for right and and it's uh, frankly it's it's inspirational. I mean, we do it for the we do it for the listeners. Yeah, we don't do it for us. It, it's inspirational because I do it for the relationships that I make with people. Yeah, well, and I do it, you know, honestly, because I've I've been on the other side of of the mic, right? Where I've I've been and, and still am. You know, I, I still work a day job. Like I, you go and it helps you get through your day, and like maybe you're having a tough time at work, and it's just these are the people that get you through the, your day. They end up feeling like friends, even mm -hmm. if you've been, I hadn't met, met, I met, I met Matt Schick for the first time last night. That's crazy. I've talked to him dozens of times doing interviews and stuff like this. Um, I know Nick a little bit better just from, cause he's still in Omaha and with Creighton stuff, we run into each, into each other all the time. And I used to fill in on his old show when he would go on the road to call games all the time. And so I know Nick a little bit better, but, for this is the first time I had ever met Matt Schick and it felt like I was just seeing an old friend again because of how how much they let you into their lives and things like that when you're doing the show and that's that's really kind of what we all aspire to do when we do this type of thing is just to um you know provide that sense of you know friendship and connection and things like that that's why I do this that's because I've been I've been the person that needs that you know in their daily life and Shick and Nick is the first show I listened to on a daily basis. Um, it was, you know, I would, I'd be driving to college every morning from my parents' house, and I would listen to him on the radio every day. And, like, I, it, it's one of those shows that, like, I remember where I was when certain memorable events or bits happened on the show. Like, I remember what I was doing. Like, they had this, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird topic now because of – how Bill Cosby ended up being, but they had like a 45 minute interview with Bill Cosby in like 2011. I missed a job interview because I didn't want to stop listening to, <laughs> to the That's show. Incredible. I was in my car. Hopefully the job interview was for like McDonald's drive through worker and you know, not like no. for pursuing your career. <laughs> it was, it was some like random sales position or something. And I didn't really want to do it anyway, but I was kind of looking for a new job and I was like, eh. so I, I was in the car when they started the interview and I'm driving to this place and I'm like, okay, it should end about the same time. But like I said, they ended up talking to him. I mean, Shane, you were there, right? Oh, I remember exactly where I was at. Yeah. So I was sitting like right in a chair like I am right now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I was probably sitting in a chair somewhere too, Shane. And so I'm I, such a jerk. I'm driving to this interview and it seems like the, it seems like they're not done with their conversation and aren't going to be for a while. And so I'm just sitting in the car and I'm waiting as long as I can before I have to go in. And then at some point I just decided, I was like, yeah, I'm not getting out of the car. <laughs> so, like, that was – that's great. It's this, it's crazy kind of just the – You know, you said 45 minutes, though. I'm thinking about a world where we wouldn't have hard outs. Oh, yeah, it was – hmm. Shane, what would that be like? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be an interesting world. Do you know the, the funny thing about that is, and I was just thinking about not necessarily that interview, but that interview is a perfect example, is – Back in that time, it was before Twitter, and it was before, you know, you did all this... Uh, 2011? StreamYard stuff. It oh, was okay. before It was before... It was, it, was, it was in the time of radio where they needed to be on the, the guest, 
like Bill Cosby needed to be on the radio actually to That's get his point saying. across. Okay. Sure. Whereas in now they would just put a a a video out on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. So they wouldn't even you know, getting somebody like that nowadays is extremely hard compared to what it was back then. Yeah, because he was promoting. He was doing. Uh, he was doing some some shows in Omaha either that weekend or, or coming up there pretty soon. So that's why they got him. Is they were is they were promoting some of the stand up shows he was doing, and you know Shane's right. You you don't get a ton of that anymore unless kind of whatever radio station you're working with is part of a sponsorship for mm-hmm. the events or whatever. So on music stations, sometimes you can get like stars that are coming through town or whatever. But yeah, it was, it was a super random thing for, for Schick and Nick to be interviewing Bill Cosby. But then it was also just kind of one of the most incredible like pieces of radio I've ever heard because you've got these two guys who obviously have like great senses of humor in and of themselves. And then you've got for whatever he is or has been as a person, one of the funniest people that's ever lived in Bill Cosby. Right. And it was just this incredible, like, coming together of these two worlds. And like I said, it, it was like a 45-minute interview. I skipped a job interview for it just to, so I wouldn't miss it because it was harder to find stuff in, like, online and on podcasts and stuff back then. I don't even know. Did you guys even podcast the show back then, Shane? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think they started. Pod- yeah, 2011, I don't think so. Yeah, like, podcasts were, like, in their very mm-hmm. infancy, and you weren't really putting radio shows on podcasts yet. And so – and that's kind of the, like, almost charm about the, the kind of the Chicken Nick memories, right, is that I'm sure those recordings exist somewhere in the archives of if they haven't deleted them. Oh, I have them. Uh, so, Shane, good. I'm glad Shane has them. But, you know, like, they don't exist on the Internet, right? They're not just out there. You can't go back through these archives right. of a podcast to just go and find them. And so it's almost – Radio Gold. It, you know, it feels almost kind of like a fever dream. Like, was that a real thing? Did that happen? Like, did Nick Baugh really say, explodes all over my chest on live radio? <laughs> and he did. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> and Nick Baugh says a few Open things. Salsa, yep. explodes all over my chest. <laughs> nice. So the best one, and I told, Nick, I told Nick this last night when I talked to him for a minute, was, so he said that, that's the original line, and then, Back in, like, 2010, there was an NBA lockout. And I don't know if you remember, some of the stars kind of hinted at, like, oh, maybe we'll start our own league. And Nick's like, you know, because obviously Nick played at Kansas and Creighton. He's like, you know what, if you need some guys to fill in for that league, I'd be happy to step in, maybe take a charge from LeBron James. And then he, like, goes into pretend play-by-play mode, and he goes, LeBron James coming down the lane, explodes all over my chest. (laughs) (laughs) I almost drove off the road. (laughs) And yeah, so Old it was Dominion. It was Old <laughs> Dominion. Uh, probably the greatest yeah, drops he, of all time. He's got some of the best one-liners out there, which is what uh, that makes him so <laughs> so attractable to an audience. Yeah, right? so relatable. Because right? you could you know a Nick Ba. Yeah. Right. Everybody knows a Nick Ba without actually knowing Nick Ba. It's like your right. friend that has the best one liners that can always make you laugh. And you're like, man, like, why can't I be just naturally funny like you? That, yep. is, that is Nick Ba. Like for me. Yeah. It's, it's Brad Thompson who does the Cardinals color commentating because I used to work with them at ESPN Radio in St. Louis. Okay. He had the best one liners. The best. Like, if you put him and Brad Thompson in a room, they would kill you (laughs) just from laughing. Everybody also knows a Matt Chick. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody that is a 
It's a family guy. Like, how many kids does Chick have? Three, four? Oh, he's like, got five. Five kids, yeah. okay. Um, somebody that, uh, you know, it's just that open personality, that straight and narrow, but well, can, like, and really kind of fall off the road a little bit, well, but come back on. The and funny thing is, you know, like, and, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way at all, like, Chick can come off a little nerdy. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he kind of can mm-hmm. come off sure that can. way. and. Um, in like the best possible way, but he's such. That's what makes him so good. Well, and he, he, you feel like there would be such a difference between him and Nick Ba. Like, okay, this Division One athlete, like, and then you've got kind of the AV Club kid, and they get along, and they're like best friends. Like, it's so great how. Yeah, because Nick was stealing his homework. It it doesn't matter that like Nick is this former athlete, and Schick is just this former TV guy and stuff like that. It's. Um, their their friendship makes me so happy. But th- those are the those are the type of people too that exceed on television. Like especially on on play by play calls. Like Nick is the perfect color commentator oh, yeah. because he knows the game, mm-hmm. but he also can just like fit something in, which is like this weird analogy that you would never think about until you hear him say it. Uh, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, and honestly, like I a song line like a bag floating <laughs> through it. The wind, or so, or, or something like, and he compares it to a play. It's just like, wait a second here. I, I, and I love. How do we get on Fritos? And I love, honestly, my favorite version of Nick Ba outside of the Chick and Nick show is when he's on Creighton games because he goes full send on Homer mode, which is my favorite thing in the world. Because <laughs> because when. Like when he's on a on a on the television broadcast on FS1, he's so professional and he's so mm-hmm. good at what he does, right? And you wouldn't tell, you wouldn't be able to tell that he went to Creighton or anything like that. He's just so good at being a professional color yeah, commentator because he's on the Big East Network and calls a lot of Creighton games. Yeah, right. And you would have no idea, like if you didn't know that he went to Creighton. Uh, but on the Awesome. Are you saying that Nick Ba wasn't a valuable basketball player for his Creighton team now, Robbie? No, I'm just saying if you didn't follow Creighton back in the Missouri Valley days and you were just judging it based on listening to the call, you wouldn't pick up any, like, homerism or anything like that. But then you turn on a couple of the games that he does for the radio network as the home broadcaster, and it goes – you've still got the knowledge and the mm-hmm. professionalism and all of that, but then he goes full send on Creighton Homer – and it is the most fun just listening to him call Creighton games. It's incredible. Shane, let's go to line one and talk to B. By the, by the way, a lot of that stuff was probably my fault because I would just play his drop laughs over and over and over again, and he would just laugh. And he would just <laughs> – I mean, he, he would just go off the wall. The so. Nick Boss scream laugh is, so, like, so, is iconic. So basically what Shane is saying is he built Nick Boss to no, what he is today. no. Oh, no, that's I, not I, what you're saying? No, I followed his lead. <laughs> All right, let's go to B. What's up, B? Good morning. Hey, fellas, what's going on? <laughs> Everything's good in the hood over here. What about you? I was just listening, listening to you guys talk about Shick and Nick, you know, how good the show was, you know, kind of made me feel old. Robbie started talking about how the show was recorded on Real to Real because it was so old <laughs> and, uh, you know, Try to make it seem like that, that that wasn't that long ago. That's where I got my first <laughs> original radio sports name, Trick with People Brian. And then, I, hey Shane, you got them old cut up. You still got that song that they had their last day of the show, where they uh, the, the drop song when you put all the drops together and made a song. That's the one I'm looking for. I've been looking for that one. Yeah, Shane, I want to hear that. Do you one. have that in your archives? Uh, probably. You should find that and let's just play it on our show. 
And just play the uh, yeah. play the Chick and Nick drops. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we'll just take the Chick and Nick audience <laughs> over to Coffee and Cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had that. They had this, He had a. They had a song. They put all their drops together into mm-hmm. some song that was real creative. I was like, I've been looking to hear that ever, uh, ever since they went off off the air. <laughs> I, I I agree here. I agree here, Shane. We need to find that. We need to play it because then it would actually be archived online so people can go back and listen to it. And all that does is just poke coffee and cream listeners. Hey, before I go, I was hey, watching that uh, NFL preseason last night. Travis Volkolek was looking real nice. Yeah, he did. He was eating. But the funny thing was when uh, after Nick Gates hit that guy, the right guard was the right guard was doing the, was the gritty. He was looking all giddy. He said he goes off the field doing the gritty. I was like, oh, my God. This, this is football. <laughs> yeah, this is what we love. This is what we love to watch. Hey, did, yes, did you have on your bingo card B a game-winning field goal by the Commanders to stop the preseason streak for the Ravens? No, I didn't know that they, uh, before the game they were really uh, set on – Breaking that that win streak mm-hmm. in the preseason, I didn't really know that was important, uh, except for the to the gamblers. But man, <laughs> to, to degenerates like me who bet on preseason say, football. If, if you bet on preseason football, <laughs> get help. Just get help. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't even done that yet. <laughs> hey, don't worry, I haven't either. So man, uh, I've had twenty-one far. fantasy football teams in one year, but I've never twenty-one. Can you say yeah. that number one more time, please? Twenty one. B. How do, you, how do you even? How do you even keep track? Did of you like teams? have to hire an assistant to keep up with that? Like what happened? <laughs> Who was your nutritionist oh, no. coach? Hey, hey, hey! I was going with. Uh, I was working with uh, Steele. Kevin Steele was my defensive coordinator uh, from Nebraska. You know, we, we were looking real good out there because I played with uh, IDPs. You know, I didn't play that that little stuff, so it was kind of hard. Just, but <laughs> kind of. I struggle with five. <laughs> Wait, so you were playing individual defensive players too? Oh, yes. Oh, my god! On every team? On all 21? Well, no, on, on, on 10 of them. Oh, oh only 10. 10. Only, only 10. 10. <laughs> Just on 10. Got to make it fun, but, you know, I don't like how uh, the, the weaker teams seem. They, they feel like they're out of it if they don't Ooh. have any real offensive players. You give them a little chance with defensive mm-hmm. players. Give them points for touchdown. Man, hey, B, somebody, somebody get a punt return, kickoff return. That B, could change the game. B, I got a, <laughs> I got a question, man. Before, before we let you go, I got a question. So, how do you, how did you avoid not drafting the same players and then not like cheering on a player that you are playing against because he's on like seven of your other teams? Uh, get lucky. You find some suck in the league, and you can trade. Where it's a couple of good players. So, so did and, you have like th- similar teams across the board then? Yeah, that first year I had uh, I think Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore rookie year on a lot of teams. Okay, nice. So that, okay. Was, that was that was Gosh, pretty good. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you manage that. You're, say, you're a different. You're an animal. That's what you are. He's you're built a different. He's breed. built different. <laughs> yes, he is. He's a Ford truck. It, it, it helped for the next ten years. I didn't have to sit up there and watch too much preseason games. I knew what, <laughs> <who was> playing. <laughs> All right, B. We appreciate the call this morning. All right, no problem. Take it easy, fellas. Oh man, appreciate that laugh because I thought I was crazy playing in five because I could hardly manage that. I I think I maxed out at like four, and then I pretty quickly after that dropped to two, and now I only do one. I'm telling you, man, I can't stand 
rooting for, like, say I have Justin Fields as my quarterback in two leagues, and then I'm facing off against him yeah, in another in, league. Because I'm like, yeah. wait a second, but that other league, I'm only up, let's just say, 14 points, yeah. and Fields averages 17 in fantasy. So I have to hope that he gets, like, 13, which could still win me this week, but it it's guarantees too, me the win this week. Or if he much. goes off, then I win these two and lose this one. But this one's my money league, so I need this one. Like, oh, man, I just. It's too much. It's too confusing. Yep. But if I had 21 teams, I would, I would, I wouldn't, I would never. I mean, B's a fantasy football card counter. I would Good never. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. When we come back, we will get into a few things. One being the new facility over at Nebraska. That's next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. A little bit in my feels after a note I got from Mr. Nielsen on DMs. I appreciate that. Um, oof. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need we, a second? You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. We're, we're good to go. Right. So, um, you know, uh, speaking of Twitter, yesterday uh, Nebraska football posted a video of the team walking through the new facility, mm -hmm. uh, which is absolutely incredible. It's stunning. Um, yeah. I think it's about 165 million. Was that the cost to build the new facility? It was something around that price. Yeah, that sounds about right. I so think. Uh, let's just we'll call it 165. If I'm right, yeah. great. If I'm wrong, it's <laughs> probably close. So I thought about you know where that would rank among other facilities in college football. Mm -hmm. So I looked it up. And, you know, there seems to be an article for everything. In terms of cost? and In terms of just, like, nicest facility. Sure. I, I have no clue what the cost would end up being because uh, – Well, it, and they're built in different years and stuff, so it's hard to compare exactly. Right. Yeah. So um, when I was looking it up on 24-7 on, on Sports, I couldn't find anything about Nebraska in the top 25. And I'm like, hmm, okay, so this article can't be – that fresh, right? And I was like, wait a second here. Um, tick, 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 tick. This is February 27th of 2023. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, you knew a facility was coming, but maybe it, it, it's because it hasn't been done yeah, yet. Yeah, it hadn't so. been opened. So I think, and, and to be fair, Nebraska had fallen a little behind mm -hmm. with facilities. I mean, there were. And that's kind of the the cyclical nature of these things. It's whoever's built the latest one kind of has the nicest one. And then right. as it gets older, other people update. And so mm -hmm. Nebraska had kind of fallen to the back end of that cycle a little bit. So they needed this upgrade. It looks, uh, it looks state of the art. It looks on the same level as those videos that you see from LSU and Texas yeah. and places like that. So it's a big deal for Nebraska because, you know, A, it shows – that the athletic department, the university, everybody is still committed to keeping up with national powers in uh, in college football, even though obviously the results haven't been there. But these are the things why, you know, I always say that Nebraska really is a good job still because they are committed to keeping the infrastructure in place to build winning football pro uh, a winning football mm -hmm. program not everybody does that you know not everybody and it's a huge recruit draw it really is because it doesn't eliminate you right now all the really the top teams have really incredible facilities 
but those teams that are kind of in the range where Nebraska's been playing lately or maybe even teams that play better than Nebraska, Mm -hmm. you know, Wisconsin struggled with facilities for a really long time because they just couldn't get the money up to build new ones. Right. But I look at it as kind of like if you you were going to visit a hotel, mm -hmm. right, say you were going to an all-inclusive resort, Mm -hmm. all of them will look different in the end, but some you could probably still say are nicer than others. Sure. Once you visit those four all-inclusives on your list. So that's kind of how I look at this with Nebraska. Like, they have similar features to what LSU has, Texas has, South Carolina has, Alabama, Georgia. There's a lot of things in their new facility that they have. But what is something that they don't have? Does everybody have a walk-in car wash? Like, when you get (laughs) off the field and you just walk through uh, the the shower um, spraying from your right and left? Do they have nap pods? Do they have the – like, what about Mm -hmm. this makes this feel like – this is nicer than that last one. Sure. And I think that's where all these college football renovation minds are competing. Yeah. Is, okay, what's that one thing that can make us different? What's that one thing that can get us to be remembered by a certain recruit? It, it may not be how good the food tastes because everybody has good food yeah. at the end of the day. But maybe it's this. Maybe it's. Uh, well, it's not just about the, the being different, too. It's also about making you better. Like the. Does everybody have the level of, like, recovery and nutrition services built into the facility the way Nebraska did? Like, that was a huge emphasis on what they wanted to do. And so if you're a recruit coming in and they can show you, like, hey, we – it is literally part of our building and infrastructure to make sure we get you feeling right, to make sure that you stay healthy and make sure everything's on point there. Like, that can be a difference maker, too, because – you look at it and you say, okay, I'm able to maximize my abilities here in a way that maybe other teams haven't thought about, mm-hmm. right? Like the recovery portion of it is such a huge deal um, because obviously the better you can recover, the better you can practice, the better you can train, the better you can play. And that's kind of, you know, back in the day it was, okay, facilities and weight rooms and strength and conditioning and stuff like that. Well, everybody does that now. And then it was like nutrition and the training table and all that. And everybody does that now. So you have to keep finding what's the next step to maximize our players' abilities. And I think recovery is kind of the thing that people are on now because they see the value of being as close to 100% as possible when you start. Right. Makes you better all the time, Mm -hmm. even when you're not at 100% later on. So um, that, I think, for it. Just from what I know about the facility, that to me is the differentiator from Nebraska. So ultimately what I was getting at here is, uh, and, I, and I just you know, kind of buy in time here through conversation, it, it does say at the beginning of this article that massive renovations are in the coming years for Texas Tech, Florida State, Penn State, and Nebraska mm-hmm. is listed. Uh, so they weren't on this list, but as I was looking through all of – Let's just say the top 10. Like, I thought South Carolina had one of the nicest facilities, mm-hmm. and they're at 10. Yeah. And so when I, saw, when I got the walkthrough there, I'm like, hmm, okay, how are all these other, other, other teams placed? And now, of course, you know, Georgia and Alabama, they'll find themselves in the top five. Mm-hmm. Texas, of course, will find itself in the top 10. Um, they also have a really nice facility there, hydrotherapy. Um, they, have, they have a flight simulator. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is – Oh, no, that was Auburn. I'm sorry. Auburn has the flight flight simulator, simulator. but Texas has like a really, just a really nice facility. And, Mm -hmm. but everybody's been adding on by like millions, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody's really gone all in 
on on the big project. On, on, they did, but now they're just kind of adding on yeah. little features. But we're at a point now to where spending money, like big money, mm-hmm. will really get you a lot of things, which is why Nebraska forked over 165. It's why Texas Tech is forking over 200 million yeah. for their new facility. Um, so we're looking at this list, and I'm like, okay, the top ten, you incrementally see like nine million added on mm-hmm. to Ohio State, or you know. Five million added on to Georgia here, but when you see 165 coming from Nebraska, you'll see them in the top ten. You may see them in the top five yeah, of new facilities for sure. And when you look at this list, when I tell you who are in the top five, number one team is Oregon. That makes a lot of sense yep. because of the Nike connection. Texas A&M is at two. Texas A&M hasn't had like great football seasons. No, lately, but, but they, they have just, the second best facility on this list, and they've got more money than God, like, and they, they can just, recruit. Yes, like nobody's they business just have because so of it, much right? Money. Yeah. Then you have Bama at three. You have Clemson at four. Laser tag, basketball yeah, court, theirs is mini relatively golf, new, bowling I think, alley. Also, yeah, yeah. Um, let's just say 135 million toward stadium upgrades yeah. uh, for Clemson back in 2017. I yeah. think was when they had the new football facility, and then Georgia is listed at number five. Look, kick one out. Uh, you may kick out a big dog. You may kick yeah. out a Georgia or an Alabama because their renovations were made five, six years ago. And yours is, and brand, yours new. is brand spanking new. Yeah. So w- all this does is help Nebraska in the long run. Darn it, I wanted to get to that Knicks thing, and all of a sudden <laughs> it just kind of went sideways because we're talking Illinois football uh, as a part of the Big Ten yep. whip at 745. Um, so I guess we'll put that thing on hold. We'll just, we'll just set it on hold for now. Maybe we'll get to it later on in the show. We'll do the sports six-pack at 8 o'clock. Um, we'll get into some extra thoughts from the weekend, what we heard from Matt Rule. I kind of wanted to talk about um, captains but no captains. Mm-hmm. Not like Robin Williams, Shane, oh, captain, my captain. But I was thinking Kurt Russell. Oh, Okay. You're always thinking Kurt Russell, yeah. aren't you? Yes, yes. he is. It's all <laughs> only on the brain. Um, and then there was something that Sean Singleton said, which is great to talk with DB because he's been on his watch list mm-hmm. ever since um, the start of fall camp, I would say, right about the start of August. Yeah, I think We'll so. talk Michigan football at 845 with Aaron McMahon. News coming out about Jim Harbaugh's suspension. Mike Schaefer at 9 o'clock today. He's Nebraska football and recruiting and recruiting for 24-7 sports. And then, as I mentioned, Matt Schick will come your way at 9.45. But we may save this Knicks drama for tomorrow. Okay. Because I'll have you tomorrow morning. Yep. I may push it off to tomorrow. It'll still be – yeah, it's still relevant and and super weird. It's just weird, right? Super weird. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. You talked about skipping a job interview to listen to Bob (laughs) – Bill Cosby, right, on Schick and Nick. This is, uh, let's just say, ten times weirder. <laughs> it is pretty strange. <laughs> so um, we'll pause on that. We'll push it off toward tomorrow. We call that a tease when we come back. Robert Rosenthal, publisher of IlliniBoard.com, at a lion eye on Twitter. They just officially named their quarterback. They did. And there's a lot of uh, things that seem like guarantees in Illinois, too. We'll get into <laughs> those next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Illini in Husker territory. Pressure comes. DeVito dumps. Got his man caught first down. 35-30. Isaiah Williams down the left sideline. Might score. He will. Touchdown. Touchdown, Illinois. And Isaiah Williams scoops it up with a catch over the middle. Sprints down the left sideline. Huskers have been prone to big plays. And the Illini get a big one there. Touchdown. Illinois. 
Man, it's almost that time. Less than 10 days until Husker kickoff. Uh, but that is college football season start. So we are taking a look not only at who Nebraska will be facing off against this year, but just going around the Big Ten, doing our Big Ten whip. We do it every year, and we start things off by talking to Robert Rosenthal, publisher of IlliniBoard.com, at Illini on Twitter. Robert, good morning. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, so yesterday, and I think this was fairly obvious to assume, but Luke Altmeyer was officially named the starter. How much do you credit him on earning the position and not allowing the outside noise to creep in, which basically guaranteed him to be the starter from the jump? Yeah, I think it's interesting. So there, there was a second transfer. Obviously, Altmeyer was brought in four stars, didn't win the job at, at Ole Miss, so you know, that's how it works these days. Those four-star kids look for their other job or, you know, where they're going to get their other starting spot. Um, and he came to Illinois with the second transfer, John Paddock from Ball State, who was Ball State's starter last year. He's actually an Illinois legacy. Uh, his uncle and his, his grandpa and his great-grandpa all played for Illinois, so he, he wanted to do that for his fifth season. So it was, I think, more of a competition than most people thought. You know, everyone – talks about it just like any transfer QB hey he's you know he's being brought in to be the starter it's his job but I think he really did have to earn it Robert I'm curious what are some of the things that you are looking for Altmeyer to bring to the table that maybe Illinois hasn't had in years past with guys like DeVito you know it's so just to give you a little Illinois history this is a stat I threw out there in the last few weeks DeVito right now is is kind of the third string quarterback with the Giants he's you know started a couple of their preseason games they're making that NFL decision of whether to keep three quarterbacks or two if DeVito does hang around with the Giants and makes the roster he would be the first Illinois quarterback rostered in the NFL since uh Kurt Kittner which was the early 2000s like 2003 I think was Kittner's final year with the Falcons maybe 2004 so it's been 20 years since even a single quarterback is rostered. Just even, I mean, how many quarterback spots are there in the NFL? 70, 80, if, depending on who carries three. And there hasn't been a single Illinois quarterback to make that. So, you know, Illinois fans have been waiting for a quarterback to come along and be that kind of player. It's just been so, so long since there's that guy. So I say it for every transfer quarterback. It's right there. You know, he could become a legend in a few games in Champaign because the quarterback play just hasn't been good for the last the last 20 years. When they have had, you know, well-known quarterbacks like Juice Williams in the late 2000s, he was more of a running quarterback and didn't have many uh, NFL prospects. So it's it's right there for Altmaier to be be a legend in Champaign. Now, you mentioned quarterback play not being too strong, but uh, defensively, you guys have looked very strong in recent years. Um, but, you know, with all, the, with all the young guys, with all the transfers and underclassmen filling major roles, in particular the secondary, do you think they can be as effective as they were last year? Uh, I mean, as effective as last year is... It's, high bar. It's, it's, it is a high bar. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because, I mean, look, last night, Quan Martin had a pick in the Redskins, or sorry, the Commanders 
um, preseason game. Uh, Kendall Smith was the free safety. He had a pick in that same game. He's also with the Commanders. Sidney Brown's now with the Eagles. Devin Witherspoon's with the Seahawks as the number five overall pick. I mean, that was a secondary that Illinois fans haven't seen in forever and probably won't see again for 20 years. So, um, so yeah, it, it won't be that. They The biggest issue right now, I think, is they had another kid who had three picks last year. Um, when, when some guys opted out of Illinois' bowl game, he started the bowl game. He had a pick in the bowl game named Matt Bailey. Uh, he was the next guy at safety um you know kind of step in and, and not lose much ground but he's got a foot injury he's still in a boot uh brett bielma said yesterday he's out until at least the penn state game um in mid-september if not later and so that's even a bigger blow of not only you lose these four guys who are all in nfl camps right now three of them draft picks um you you the next guy who was set to come in uh he's out as well so it's a big big task for them you know, they threw everything at it they could. They three transfers, two JUCOs, four high school recruits. They moved two guys from offense to defense. They they're trying everything they can to replace the secondary, but it's a wait and see in the first game here. We're talking with Robert Rosenthal from IlliniBoard.com. Uh, how much is that front end of the defense going to help out the secondary? They returned five of their six kind of primary front-end positions between the D-line and linebackers. How much can that offset some of the losses in the secondary? I mean, just as the opposite of what I just talked about, it, I guess I'll say it, it needs to be the best defensive line in Illinois history. I mean, I don't think that's, I mean, three, four, maybe five of the guys have NFL prospects. Johnny Newton should be a first-round pick next year. Keith Randolph will be a pick. Seth Coleman will be an NFL player. They have a guy who was a freshman All-American, Gabe Ackes, who returned for his sophomore year. Like, they they just have, you know, it for for someone covering Illinois, you don't talk about things like this. That When I say best defensive line in team history, I mean that because there's just – there's not a defensive line in Illinois history that has four what seem to be surefire NFL guys. Uh, and so it's it's it should be the dominant thing of a defense. You know, I think it's maybe easier for a secondary to show up as the dominant part of the defense than the line. Um, you know, the, sometimes the linemen aren't getting the, in the unless they're sacks, they're not getting the the praise that maybe the 25 interceptions the secondary had last year would get. Sure, but it should be a dominant. Uh, type thing with with several NFL guys not just the interior guys in Randolph and, and Newton but also the exterior guys in Akis and Coleman. Robert I'm curious kind of on a bigger picture scale here with Illinois um, historically you know you mentioned Kirk Kittner um, they followed up a lot of their best seasons in Illinois you know 2001 they go to the Sugar Bowl the next year they're five and seven 2007 they go to the Rose Bowl the next year they're five and seven Illinois seemingly had a really hard time stringing together these consecutive years of quality play and quality football, even when most of the pieces seem to be intact to to have a chance to do this. I, I guess what's the level of, I don't know if angst or anxiety is the word, but coming off of an 8-5 and five season where at times Illinois was ranked as high as 14 in one of the polls – 
I guess where is the level of of consternation with the the fan base and around Champaign in general that they don't fall into the same trap that they've had over the last 20 plus years? I think if there are any Illinois fans listening to this, they just said, how, how did this guy step so deep into our psyche? Because that's the exact uh, view toward this. That's the, you know, say Toledo in the opener were to take a 10 nothing lead. Mm. Every fan in that stand is like, it's happening again. It's happening again. <laughs> Until they happening. win 45 to 10. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Um, it, it, there is that, that you're exactly correct. You know, look, Illinois only had winning seasons in, uh, you know, in the 2000s. The only winning seasons for Illinois is 2001, 2007, 10, 11, and then this past season in 22. That's it. Everything else a losing season. Um, some bowl seasons, but lost the bowl and finished six and seven. Mm-hmm. So yes, there have been one year bright spots followed by nothing. Now the difference here is that the rest of the Illinois coaches over that span, you know, Ron Turner won two games his first two years. Ron Zook won one game in the Big Ten. Sorry, his first year, one conference game his first two years. Tim Beckman won one conference game his first two years. Lovey Smith won two conference games his first two years. And Brett Bielema has won nine conference games his first two years. Mm-hmm. He went four and five and then five and four in the Big Ten. That's different, obviously, right? You know, yeah. that, that speaks to more of, a, oh, this is what a rebuild looks like. This is not those one-year, you know, moments of existence where, uh, you know, everything looked right and you had a bunch of seniors and you had that good year and then the next year you got to start building again. So the hope is that this is what the rebuild is and not – you know, those, those one-year seasons like you had in 01 and 07. Now, Robert, I'm going to get you out of here on this. Uh, we got about a minute left. Uh, it's, it's kind of prediction season, right, for everybody out there. I mean, we've been hearing it a lot here in Nebraska, so I'm just going to fall into the bear trap, too, and ask you. The over-under set at 6.5. I've seen anything range from 10-2 and two all the way down to maybe those that drank a little bit of truth serum and understand the volatility that Illinois is presented with this year. Would you take the over or under the 6.5? Well, because I'm not – because this is out of the area, and I don't have a bunch of angry Illinois fans. <laughs> I would probably go under. Mm. Uh, I would see something like a six and six. You know, this is the year that Illinois always goes five and seven, as you mentioned earlier. So everybody's, you know, worried about that. I could see them on a setback year, maybe only six and six, and then right back up the next year. Because I think this staff has it figured out. Well, <laughs> I uh, bet them over, so I'm in. Uh, Robert, I know, hurt. I know one Illinois fan <laughs> listening, and Evan is not going to be happy. <laughs> it's, in, it's deep in my psyche. Neither, neither will our guy Trent that calls into the show all the time, big Illinois guy. Robert, we appreciate the time this morning. Have a great week. All right, thanks. Robert Rosenthal, publisher of IlliniBoard.com. Let's do the Sports Six Pack when we come back. Coffee and Cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream. Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers. DB will be joining us here shortly, so stick around for that. A lot of renovation going on outside. I got to tell you, Robbie, I'm happy I'm inside. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it is terrible out there. I opened the door. 
to see if uh, Boss Man Bill needed my phone for some extra photos, mm -hmm. and I quickly closed it. Yeah. Because as you can as you can see, I'm wearing long sleeves. Yeah. It's what I do whenever we come in and tight. Because I kind of said it yesterday, like you know, it gets a little chilly. Yeah, in here, with the air so, conditioning, it gets a little um, chilly. I'm like. Okay, I'm gonna wear sleeves today, and then I walked outside, and I'm like this as I'm going to my car, <laughs> <laughs> rolling up the sleeves. So mine's always the glasses. Yeah. My glasses fog up the minute I step outside. Yeah, it's oh, like this. dude, it's the worst. And I wear only sunglasses, so yeah. that only happens to me when obviously I was driving around yesterday. Yeah, but for you. I totally understand what you're saying yeah. because Jacob Padilla had the same problem. I saw, I saw him yeah. uh, say something on Twitter about that. Um, so yeah, weather-wise, it just it isn't too fun uh, over the next couple of days. It is nice to see, uh, you know, some of these high school teams be able to get out to practice in the early mornings. in the yeah. morning. Yeah. Um, although, as as DB talked a little bit about yesterday, like it is obviously hard sometimes for some. Um, let's let's just say some schools, some people to either get yeah, to just practice in the early hours yeah. because you know you, you have to take the bus to school or whatever it right. is. So yeah. um, it's unfortunate, but it's the only way to do it. If you're going to practice outside, you have to practice yeah. in the wee hours of the morning. So it makes sense, but I'm sure that he's going to show up and be like, "Whoo, I'm happy to be back in the AC." Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel bad for the teams that aren't able to go in the mornings right now, but um, you know, luckily West side is, so they'll, they'll be ready, ready to go. I imagine I'll, I'll find myself out at West side on Friday night with uh, the West side prep. Opener. Yeah. I'm trying to decide what game I'm going to go to because Saturday I have to be in Kansas city. Okay. Um, for baseball. So I just don't know like I'm just, if I'm going to drive down later that night, like if I go oh, watch sure, like the first yeah. half and then I just drive down there to drive I'm down really there. I'm really curious what prep will look like coming off of their performance against Bellevue West where most people feel like they they outperformed expectations. Um, really curious to see if that was just, hey, they're really hyped up for the number one team in the state. It's their first game of the season. Or if prep is actually going to end up being better than maybe we gave them credit for Thursday. I think I'm going to go out to Papio Miller North. And then, so I'll get, because Miller North is a lot of people's, I don't know if sleeper is the right word because they're mm -hmm. ranked in the top five, but um, kind of their breakout candidate um, this year. And Papio might be a little better than people think as well. So uh, I'm excited to uh, get out to hopefully a couple games. This is week. it crazy to think too, that and maybe it's not, prep but maybe also bell west isn't as good as people yeah i think credit that's, for like, well is that crazy to say and that's part of what i why i want to see prep again when they play west side this week because if they play west side to the same level that they played bellevue west at then maybe it's a prep thing if if west side handles some business against prep then maybe bellevue west isn't maybe as dominant as we were thinking mm -hmm. they could be it'll be really interesting to see what prep looks like this week um you know it's because you could very easily have kind of a letdown game a little bit after going so hard against bellevue west so i'm really interested to see what they look like well i'm actually curious to probably more curious to see if west side is as far in front as people have given them credit for this off season. Yeah, sure. It, it, they, it was when we talked to Mike Sauter last Friday, it was West side and bell West against everybody else. Then DB chimed in and said, no, I actually think it's probably closer to like four or five teams up there, or, or maybe the top seven teams. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it, it trickles off a little bit. So I, 
as I listen to two of the experts mm-hmm. that have been around the high school game for a long period of time in this area, I'm like, okay. And not that I'm like, okay, I believe one and not the other. It's like, no, it's crazy that these two have been around the game for this long and have different yeah. opinions on right. what this season could actually look like. So uh, the strength of Westside is it, that's what I'm most interested sure. in, you know, coming off the state championship run, seeing how much they returned and also, um, and also seeing the challenges that are presented for that team sure, this yeah. year. Um, so just a lot. Like it, it's cool to be able to think about this yeah. because say say prep didn't have the best showing in, in is it week zero? Is it week yeah, week, week, zero, zero? week zero? Say they didn't have the best showing in week zero, and then you know, we we probably aren't talking like we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is you know, and it's it's I don't want to over exaggerate because they did end up losing the game, but it was uh certainly a performance that I think was worthy of of further thought just because it, it didn't go the way most people thought it was going to. Um I I think we have old DB is is in the building now. He is. He, he's here. How how are we doing? <laughs> We're doing good, man. How are you? Yeah, I think the bigger question is how are you doing my, after my, standing outside today? My ears were burning. So I the hardest thing about my day is not the time. It's the multiple changes of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and like when to hop in and and get cleaned up again because it's I'm probably the only person that showered twice before 4:40. So, um, <laughs> did you shower before you came in too? Yeah. So most of our staff, like they're released in staggered time so they can get cleaned up. Yeah. Because right? I mean we're setting up the field at like five. Well, and everybody has. A well, job they, and then everybody. Right? Yeah, like they have legit, like legit jobs. <laughs> like to teach, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. They're going, and we have two guys that are over at the middle school, so it it, it it's uh it's cool, man. It's a uh, can't wait till Thursday when we get back to a normal day. Yeah, for sure. It's a long. It's a you know, it's a beautiful time to be a, a, a young person, right? High school is fun, right? That's the time you'd go back to, right? Oh, absolutely. And you said you'd go back to high school. I don't know if I'd go back, but I do appreciate. Like if you had, if you had, you know, elementary, high school, college. Which one would you pick? It's either high school or college. I, I'm, I, I'm definitely taking high school. I, I team high school. Think it was. I I did recognize at the time that it was the most freedom and the least amount of responsibility that I was ever going to in have. high school. Yeah. See, that was college for me. Least least amount of responsibility. Well, but yeah. So for me, it was the. I felt like I had more responsibility in college, and you know, because you have to worry about you know you got to pay for stuff in terms of like school and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like high school. There's very little, like, there's almost no responsibility, uh, right? But once you can drive, you have, like, a pretty good amount of freedom. Sure. Whatever money you I'm make is, is sure. for me at least, was just walking around, pocket money. Um, so, no, I, I it's somewhere between, like, 16 and 22, probably. I'd have been a different athlete, though, if I went back to high school. Yeah, that's what, that, I know that, that's what I want to go get. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to, I would go back to high school, definitely. Yeah, just because sure. I, I, you know, I cheated the system. <laughs> it's couldn't lift weights. That was weird. It's just a lot. Yeah. You know, and I was so busy worrying about being defiant that I wasn't getting better. Mm. Right. Which is probably, <laughs> I mean, truth be told, the only reason I really actually coach <laughs> is because I, I just, educate. I just think it's a critical time for, for young people. So mm-hmm. that, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right. And you're dramatically more patient than I am. <laughs> so only, <laughs> only with young people. No, I, that, yeah, that's what I mean. So like, I'm not as patient with adults. Yeah. Cause there's a different expectation with adults. And I probably should be cause they're probably more peers. Right. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. 
like I went to school, my degree was originally in education, education. right? Yeah, and, I, and it was junior high. Like I'm K eight, mild to moderate special ed, you know, mild to moderate behavior disorder. So, like nobody wanted it was so, it was so easy to get a job. Yeah, because nobody wants to do that job. Nobody, nobody wants to do that. And job. it's even worse now. It's like the I, hardest. It's one of the hardest jobs you can do in education. I hate to say this out loud, but like as an African American male in education, especially special ed. Like, I feel like if I was negotiating my own contract, I they would have to pay me top dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, they're like really <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they're willing to make concessions the last couple of years after COVID with everybody leaving mm-hmm. the profession. Yeah. And I so I'm like, man. But then I look at, you know, 12 hour days, too. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, like there's a reason nobody wants the job. Jay's an admin and she gets home. She'll roll in at 515, 530. If you're an AD. Yeah. Oh, you can forget it. I was watching Bellevue West Athlete. I was watching Morrow uh, Friday. It's just because I'm a huge fan anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know what he means to that to that high school. And I I bet you he didn't he hadn't been home unless he ran home in the daytime. He wouldn't have been He would have been gone from probably 6.15 or 6.30 to 9.30. 9.30, 10, yeah, whatever yeah. he got out and of And it's not just football that he's going to, right? He's, 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 he's going to be at. You know, show choir, volleyball, yeah, whatever. All, so, everything. like the 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 good ones that like doing what they're doing, they they spend time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you say that too because I was listening. I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday on Twitter, but Matt Damon was doing an interview with his mom. His mom's a teacher, mm-hmm. and so he he was getting asked this question about job security through acting, and is that like why he like really like strives to be the best or like grinds his way to the top so that he has job security. And he like stopped the question mid sentence. And he's like, you think I do this because of job security? <laughs> he's like, my mom's, my mom's a teacher. You think she takes a crappy salary because <laughs> you know, there's job security? No, you do it because you love to do it. Yeah, and funny. so it's just kind of like, it, it's the passion behind it all. So like hearing your story about like, you know, kids and, and, and through coaching and uh, Robbie, I mean, you're an example of a different, lane right yeah you, you do things because it financially sets you up better and i hate being around the, kids the, 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 to live the way you want to i i can't believe i like somebody that, so much that, that has such like a kids. disdain for young people uh, no it doesn't even no, really no. fit hold on it's not a disdain for young people it's a disdain for being around young people <laughs> Like I wish them well. I don't want anything bad to happen to them. I love that there's people. Oh, no, good. Yeah, I love that there's people like you that are <laughs> out there. I don't want there. you to get hit by a bus, but I, I just stand yeah. next to you. I just don't want to be in your shoes. No, I'm with you. Like, I, I mean, I get it. There's sometimes I, I, like, if I could go back to being a double income, no kids. I mean, I there's some things I envy. There's a lot of benefit to it, but right? I don't. But I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, you don't want to give up what you've got now, which I totally yeah. understand. So I remember when I was in school, like I never wanted to be married. I just wanted to adopt. Yeah. Like I wanted kids without. Without the marriage. Right. Yeah. You know, so. And I just want the marriage without the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So you want them both. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, he's like, man, what are these gays talking I'm about? I'm looking left and I'm like, Robbie's on my left shoulder. DB's on the right. And. I feel like a cartoon. I was right? saying, you're Looking just right in the middle. Best hey, of both worlds. <laughs> so I, w- I was going to ask you guys, because uh, I, m- I missed a good chunk of the first hour. And so I got a couple of interesting DMs. Okay. And one came late last night. One of my guys, Preston, he thought Sam was uttering nonsense. Like McEwen? Oh, yeah. Was, was 
he's like, there's no way you were agreeing with this guy, right? I mean, the, the geniusness of Whipple, the crediting of Applewhite, like clearly he's not listening to Coach Barthel about, you know, four and five yards. He's talking about guys. And so I started thinking and I was like, okay, I'm trying to figure out how people listen because that's a big part of yeah. our job, right? Because if you get if you get distracted by what one or two people say, like sometimes you feel like that's the majority yeah. Yeah. because it's it's fresh. And then in the same vein, I had one of my guys um, in Minnesota where you, he's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist, right? I usually think this, this, and this. And he's as in tune to what's going on as anyone. He's a huge Husker fan. He's the one that told me like six months ago that folks were investigating Minnesota, right? Like he... Mm. He like stays in tune and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm usually an optimist. He says, but I'm just not vibing with, with this year. I, I just don't, really? I just don't think it's going to go well. It's, and he didn't make a prediction. Yeah, he did actually. I think he didn't think that they were going to get to a bowl game. And it was, he said, I don't really have a good reason why he just keeps his ear to the ground. Mm -hmm. So it made me both that those easy feeling that I felt last week. Right. But both those guys, the catalyst for my thought process is, is how people process information. Because mm -hmm. when, when I was listening to Sam, I didn't get the scent. I heard early on in games when you can't wear guys down, it would be nice if you had some guys that could make people miss. Yeah. Turn it. That's kind of what I heard. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't so much get into the the to the Whipple thing, except for he did get a guy drafted, and yeah. and he and he did get us to think that we couldn't win a game without a certain quarterback playing. So the offense, like the concepts, he was a he was a bright guy. didn't didn't love to run the football. Didn't have a ton of creative creativity running the football but i didn't cling to that part of the discussion so i was just thinking it's it's hard when we process information because if i'm listening to coach rule and this staff now i'll go back to, to to jim's example do you hear or do you process negativity from the staff yeah do you get that sense because because no. because drew down last week was like man i don't know if this is like this nervous anxiety or we're just too close to the season but i don't know if I i'm, I'm kind of not negative like something something or, changed your vantage point though i i think it was body language so maybe it, it would that would, if i read body language a certain way could that be like i process are you do you pro are you processing a mood when you're listening to the staff Okay. Yes, I do. Do I? I do that. Okay. So, but what is what is it? Like, what's the vibe? There are times I come in when I can just tell that Coach Rule is. He was okay, pissy the other day. Not mm -hmm. not just with Grant. What was the day? It was who transferred? Farmer. When when Farmer was going to transfer. So a right? couple weeks ago, he and he was kind of like he disappointed. came in and was just like, yeah, you know, Miles just isn't there yet, and I'm like. This dude's leaving by Friday. Like I can just—he was disappointed. I, I can I can hear the disappointment in his voice. It's the same thing with like body language after that first scrimmage. He was like, "Yeah, we weren't perfect. Like you know, we weren't doing this right, that right." Because now all of a sudden we don't think they'll have good special teams. I'm just wondering, like, and I kind of know where that one comes from, right? You can't go over in a scrimmage or mm -hmm. or whatever, but it's still just one day. And ten days ago, like we were in love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm. I think it's interesting because it's fun. I like your brow is all sorts of furled. Like yeah, well, I'm, you're giving me a lot to think about here because I'm I'm trying to 
put my finger on how I'm processing the things I hear out of them. And I don't think negative, I don't think it's been a negative attitude. I think there's been times where he's been frustrated. I think there's been times where he's been disappointed, but I don't, I've never got the sense that he thinks they can't win this year. Um, and whatever that means, right? Six or seven games. Like, I think he probably thinks that's definitely on. the. Are you a five, seven guy? No, I'm a seven, five guy. Seven, five. Yeah. You're six, six. I was six, six from the beginning. I think I'm five, seven. And listen, anything in that range think. would not surprise me. Mm-hmm. Five wins, seven wins, nothing in that range surprises me at all. Like I'll, I'll firm it up on Monday. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, it'll be like week. prediction week right, yeah. and we'll like be full. Although this week seems like prediction week, does it not? Everybody's coming out with their. It is. Yeah. It, 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 it is. I was surprised to hear our Illinois guys say, take the under, under on six and a half. It's it's so here's the Illinois thing. It is because I, I by talked, the way, by the way, who did that research for you? My buddy, Evan. OK, Evan Stone. That was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's who. So I, I'm like, that's who I got. Is, the, is Ravi in the cut? Is Ravi in the cut? Is he like laying in the weeds, mm-hmm. turning into a radio nerd like the rest of us? So I low key, I low key really like watching Illinois. Yeah. But I talk to my buddy Evan about Illinois all the time. That's where I found Robert. Is mm-hmm. he is their friends out there in Champaign. He lives in Champaign. Are you just letting him? What are you, he's finding our guests now. Let him go. Listen. Well, I told him <laughs> Dang, after the last mocha. Uh, well, I came in and I go. <laughs> What are we talking with Illinois? <laughs> Luke Altmaier? Oh, so yesterday, like when you were, I we had no idea where you were. I think you were with Cam. Uh-huh. So Shane comes over and he's like, hey, um, we did the the opponent previews. And he goes, do you want to start the whip just to get people acclimated? And I was like, yeah. I said, let's take Nebraska's first two Big Ten opponents after the non-con. Mm-hmm. That's how we got to okay. Michigan and Illinois. I'm like, yeah. I said Michigan makes sense because of the Harbaugh. Yeah. Well, there's game talking. two, and I actually think it's a swing game. Yeah. Because hear my heart, right? If you hear my voice, like the Illinois kids were or so Michigan? Illinois. Okay. Yeah. I'm conceding Michigan, and I hate to. Like it makes my skin crawl, but I'm not it naive makes, either, it makes right? It makes yeah. sense, right? But I do think Illinois is a swing game. I agree. I don't care where they play it. Yeah. I I, I, I think I'm like. Well, especially now that Robert gave us the under, everything's a swing game <laughs> that, for them. That's that's a internalized like trauma response, though, from him. Is he's watched them fall on their face so many times after success successful seasons. I don't think he's got it in his DNA to convince himself that they'll go over. I, I think that's what that is more than anything. Because mm-hmm. like you look at their defensive front. So he's logged on to the Homer network, though. You'd think he'd be all in. I think he is all in on Bielema because he said that at the end. He's like, I think they'll bounce back after this year. But I think there is just so much of I've seen this too many times. I can't convince myself it's going to be different. Um, and so many times, you're only talking about like three or four times over the last 25 years because that's how often they've been good over the last 25 years. Um, so it's it's really challenging. But no, I, I, I'm unusually plugged into Illinois because of, of who some of my friends are. So if that, if they're truly, if he's truly taking the under just and, barely though, he's at six and six or so just barely. No, no, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you look at their schedule and you consider that one, a swing on whatever it is, October 6th or, mm-hmm. or whatever, um, that could be, that game could be the difference. I think that game's October 6th, right? Yeah. It's yes. October 6th. Yep. Um, that game could be the difference between a five, seven, six, six guy. 
yeah, it's because a, I think it's most good. people are conceding that game because it's on the road and it's Illinois and they've gotten some preseason hype. Because I'm one of those guys that kind of likes Illinois. I am too. I love Bielema. I think Bielema is a great coach. But I but I like Illinois for very specific reasons. I like them because I love I love their D line. Mm-hmm. Now they're missing their they're missing their their brainchild. I mean, he's over in West Lafayette. Yeah, yes. but then they took Wisconsin's brainchild, and he's an analyst now. Right. So that I think that helps, honestly, a ton. Yeah, he broke us off a call the other day. That was kind of scary just because of that pre-existing relationship. And I was like, yeah, I took a recruiting trip. <laughs> no, but anyway, I don't even want to get distracted because um, I did visit them coming out of high school. It's, but uh, Liz, I've been to Champaign. I don't mind it. Dude. It it's broke. probably better than it was when you went. Okay, because the state when he it, when he got recruited, yeah, yeah, because oh, okay. you, you said you took a visit <laughs> yeah, there, right? Like, yeah. Dude, I think my I think my recruiting host is like a high school coach somewhere. Really? Yeah, it's Camino Bell. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, like if that if Illinois is kind of like, eh, but the national media is like, oh, we're kind of high trending up. It, those are the games. Like if Nebraska can swing, like I don't get. To land the plane, I don't get how you have strong feelings one way or the other based on what you originally thought about this football team. Because we don't know anything. On Nebraska, you mean? Yeah, so how are we listening to the information? Like, how are we processing arriving at at these clues? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Like, if you thought they were going to be seven and five. Yeah. You should still think that, right? Yeah, it couldn't have been a bets thing. No. No, right? no, no. And if you thought they were going to be yeah. six and six, it's not like, oh man, that was, dude, without Miles Farmer, the second leading tackler, yeah, I, I'm going to take him down a game. So I know you, I know you hate doing this, but it part of it is okay. So I look at the schedule. I love when he 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 disarms <laughs> me by by telling by telling me it. what I don't like. Well, so it's no, like I'm, I'm gonna Jedi mind trick this dude because I told him he doesn't like it. He's gonna be like, no, Robbie, I'm all in. No, because no, no, Robbie, I'm all in. I we've done this before where you know you go through the schedule and you're like, hey, we don't know who Nebraska is yet. We don't know much about them. We don't know a lot about these other teams. But I would humor you and pick games, right, without knowing. So, But as I look at Nebraska's schedule, I don't look at it as horribly daunting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a a manageable schedule. 100%. Um, So I look at them, and the way I process the information is, you're right. We haven't seen and we don't know a bunch about this team. But what I look at, I say, okay, we – Nebraska shouldn't be beating themselves – the way they Should or shouldn't. Shouldn't be beating themselves okay. the way they have in past years. We've got adults running the room who aren't going to onside kick against Northwestern up. Wow, we many think. points. We hope. <laughs> right? It's tough, and, tough, tough crowd, man. Tough and crowd. it goes to my core belief that I don't think it's that hard to win six games. Like, that's what it is. That's, where, that's how I process the information. If you're a functional football program, it's not that hard. Just roll out of the rack and get six, huh? If you're an adult, know how to run a football program. Remember yeah. when we thought it was like that with eight or nine with Bo? Well, man, you just get out of bed. Some people did. You just got to get there. Some people. Wow. Right. Well, we didn't do the six-pack, so we'll have to do that later on in the show. We'll take a break. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. Coffee and cream in the seat, DB. Robbie taking off, going to his regular he's, job. He's a good dude, man. He's kind of funny. He's a little terse, but I like him. 
He's a good dude. He's kind of funny. He's a little terse, but I like him. But that's that what is, I need that because, is a DB line man, right listen, because sometimes I think I'm too. Um, and if anybody's had conflict with me, they're like, yeah, right. But for the most part, I'm a go along to get along kind of guy. So sometimes I need somebody that's a little tough to like or is not afraid to so tell somebody like STFU or something like that mm -hmm. and not have it be me because I don't want people thinking ill. So sometimes I just chill like I need a I need a mean I need a mean guy every now and again. And he's very that, that's your he's man. very capable of being, <laughs> being that, of being that guy. But at the end of the day, right? As I try to surround myself, you guys yeah. with with people that are like, you know, cool like that. But he, yeah, he's 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 uh he's versatile. He, kid hater, but good can't, dude. Yeah, can't stand by that. Man, can't stand by that one bit. Shane, am I on camera? Because I'd kind of like to make Sasha mad. Because you're uh, not on you're camera. not on camera. Yeah, I want her to text me, so she's got to be like. I'm going to arm wrestle with Sasha today. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Man. Do you think you'd win? Uh, depends on if she's strong. depends on if she's mad. You Sasha know, like if she's in, if she's in a bad mood cuz <laughs> sometimes she So she's like got a super potty mouth. I didn't I didn't really realize that. What she what she throw at you? She's just not afraid to go there. So I'm like, "Dang, Sasha, I forgot how Capital H E Y. Hey. Oh, sorry. I'm going to say it like she, she is. Shane, so should I get on? Hey, my guy said something yesterday to Drew Down. What did um, he say? You can do whatever you like? No, my man Thomas. You can do whatever you like. So this might be a coaching point. You know, I'm always trying to get tips. This mm -hmm. is so embarrassing, but I love you guys because sometimes I just need to get better at what I'm doing. He goes, and his delivery is different. So I don't know if he's being sarcastic, but he goes. Is this TK? Nope, this is my man Thomas. Okay. He says, are you discouraged from mentioning that you were on Twitter or YouTube in terms of viewing options? <laughs> like, how would you take that? He's, but he just looks out, right? Like, he's right. the guy that says, right. hey, turn uh -huh. the camera. Like, he's a good dude. I've known him forever, right? So I was like. Knowing that you really do hate it? Like, I'd, I'd probably hey. take No, that. but so should we be doing that more? Like, should, when we tell all the people how they can access mm -hmm. us and, like, are we forgetting or do you think he's really concerned that I sh we should be saying that more? Now, keep in mind, he's the same guy that's like, hey, Maybe he's just looking I, out for the I, I found you guys on YouTube. Right. It's a lot more enjoyable than Twitter. Mm -hmm. and who am I missing? And, and so, maybe so it's maybe, a combination of the two. So maybe we need to say that more. So every time we come back. Live on Twitter, live on YouTube, the Hurt at Sports YouTube page, things of that nature. That, right. So do you I know my like – I say that a decent amount, but maybe I don't. Maybe I, maybe I think I say it more than see, I actually do. See, I don't see, know. See, now I'm taking, like, hey, and inventory, I, right? And I totally copped to a misdemeanor, too, because I was like <laughs> – yeah, I, I said, down. I said, no, not at all. I probably just forgot. Yeah. Like, I ate it, yeah, right, because right? I didn't know. I, I mean, I, I'd have to – I, I mean, I won't listen back to be like, I said it six times this day. I said it one time that yeah. day. But uh, apparently, but like, we get a ton of downloads, so mm -hmm. I think we should yeah. probably. So we're live on Twitter, live on YouTube, the Herd Ad Sports YouTube Thomas, page. we good? <laughs> uh, and y you should watch on YouTube because it is enjoyable, especially when we start to laugh. Not really, Yeah, man. because when you wheeze, that's fine. <laughs> 
You're, wow. you're like Wheezy from I, Toy Story I, when he's I, on the top shelf and he's bro, coming up. I, and I have asthma, man. I feel some type of <laughs> Do way. Do you really? Yes. Oh, man. That's even better. It's exercise induced. Ding Dong was out at practice yesterday. and Is that Micah or Caleb? Caleb. Okay. And <laughs> I just, sometimes and I, ha- I don't know who Ding Dong is. I know who Dong Ding is. I usually call him Knucklehead, but. Uh, he's like, man, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. He's like, do you want to go get one in? And I said, what do you want to do, go post and back? And he's like, yeah, I'll I'll stay after. Let's do go post and back. So we're jogging, just talking. And he's like four yards ahead of me. I was like, hey, man, slow down. And we went to the other go post, and I'm kind of tired. And he goes, hey, man, I, he goes, what do you spend so much time, you know, at the gym for? And I was like, Man, that's the first time I ran 200 yards, and I don't know when. Like, I'm a speed walker this morning. He goes, hey, coach, I know you got to get back to work. Let me know if you want to get one in this afternoon. So I'm kind of mad at him now, right? But I did think it was cool that he acknowledged that he hadn't – like, I don't get to see him a ton, right? Because if we're not eating family dinner, man, it's a wrap. This is a – it's a crazy – lifestyle yeah i gotta have i gotta have my buddy take micah to practice tomorrow because of this heat they moved his practice from 5 to 6 30 who practices 5 to 6 30 in a.m hopefully no man dinner time that's all right we're still at school we got a pep rally 5 to 6 30 though and in in that heat tomorrow it's all good they're indoors he he booked an indoor facility yeah, 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 yeah we're in a classroom last night this dude is not trying to take any days off. Do you know what I ate for dinner last night? Reheated taco meat in a bowl with some grated cheese with a fork. <laughs> Listen, a dinner of champs during football season. It was like a cereal bowl times two. Yeah, that is that is that you because you shop like a king. It was you, no, it was good though. But that you shop it on food stamps. I, there, I, I, I I dumped like this pico on top. I ate it like. I felt like, kind of like. You felt like a taco, huh? Man, <laughs> I, I was about to say a runaway slave, but not everybody gets that. So, <laughs> I was put it this way: I was hungry. We hey, better get cool. to Michigan that's last, cool. so he could be mad who, at me for saying who, who that. Who was it in Georgia that uh, who's now in Philly that said like, um, oh, uh, like st- eat off the floor? Smith. Like, Smith. Who was it? Like starting? Nolan. Is it Nolan Smith? Yes. It, what yeah. What was the What was on his shirt? It was like eat. Like you eat off the floor. Yeah. It's something like that. It's like you're, you're starving. You see the plays he was making in preseason? Uh, yeah. He's a monster. Mm-hmm. That deep I, I can't believe people question. Monster. I get it. People question his motor or like kind of what he was going to do. But between him, Dean, Jalen Carter, those dudes are all going to play. I like to eat off the floor. That's yeah. what it is. And he's like, have you ever eaten off the floor? Man. And you weren't hungry enough. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's such a great analogy. Listen, uh, you know, I obviously argue with um, the matriarch in our household quite a bit. And a lot of times to it's eat over. Off the floor more? I said, listen, if this girl's hungry, she'll eat. Well, stop letting Zoe tell you what we're having for dinner. Chicken yeah. nuggets and. Mac and cheese. Man, she, listen, if she's picky, she ain't hungry. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Warhorse Casino phone line here, Shane, and talk to Michigan Lance. Lance, good morning. Hey, good morning. You got the triple threat going this morning? We yeah, did. we. Hey, Andrew kicked Ravi out. He had reached his uh, his, uh, his his limit. Hey, hey, don't let him put words in my mouth. Hey, my man John said send him the YouTube link. We must suck at this. No, 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 no. I think Adam 
DM'd me too today on Twitter. And we said weren't getting it? He, he said he had trouble finding the YouTube link. Shane. Talk to the boss with all the tattoos and get her, get her, get her going. He said man. he has us on Twitter, but doesn't see the live feed on YouTube. Oh, all right. so yeah, we'll get that no figured problem, out. Guys. I got right in. Yeah, whatever. That's I'm sad to hear that. What's up, <laughs> man? That, that guy must be YouTube challenge, man. It popped right up when I when I went to YouTube. Like, <laughs> you know, I get two. I get hurt at, and I get hell varsity. Both of them popped up. Well, that's no, no that, problem. That's nice. What's that up? technology, man. That's the life. Hey, no, I, I wanted to get on Rivalry a little bit see how his boy Aaron, but it's okay. But uh, His boy Aaron and, is in oh, Rodgers? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But, but man, Andrew, hey, man, I, I need some food help like you helped out Nebraska thanks <laughs> to DB. Gee. Relax. Look, look, look how, look how this has come full Lance, circle. Lance, no. What you need to do now is just – Realize that that had very little issue on people's lives, and you are still talking about it. <laughs> like, this, this is the time we move on, Lance. <laughs> Get him. I'm just saying, DB cashed the check that I – or DB made a check I had to cash. Yeah, I Man, guess, I, like I, I, I said, I might need some help. enjoy that government cheese and butter. It doesn't well, melt. It doesn't melt well, real well, but it has all your it money ha- away to your kid for oh, interceptions. Yeah, yeah, he is. Well, that's why you're I, not I eating. Damon was right. I thought Damon was playing. Like I didn't know that he was actually talking about how good my son he could is, be or he, will he, be. He's, or is. He he could be very good. He is. He's yeah. I don't tell you that. I would tell Langston that. <laughs> right, right, and that's fine. That that's fine. You know, me. I'm I'm hard too, but. Uh, but no, man. So hey, it was good. He had a breakup. I own fifty bucks. It's a varsity game. I'm like, all right, man. Go ahead. So I'm gonna be busy like you, DB. I coach middle school. Games are on Tuesday. He plays JV, which is on Thursday, and then Friday night he suits up, man. So I'm gonna be all over the place like wow. you, man. Yeah, just reintroduce yourself to your daughters. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I still got them. Up in here, so. I got her fundraiser deal too, so tell Cadence, tell Cadence we're good to go. Oh, okay. Hey, appreciate that. You didn't have to do that, but thank you anyway. You know that. Hey, man, that fundraising deal is a rig. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. <laughs> Lance, appreciate the call, man. All right, we're talking Michigan football up next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. It's got to come from them, right? I mean, it's it's got to um, from any individual. I mean, I've tried, and I, I can I've tried to uh, you know make guys love football, have enthusiasm, attack each day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, make them love football. Everything in my power, and I've come to the realization that it's it's got to come from it's got to come from the individual, no matter how, how hard you try. Welcome back, Coffee and Cream, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. We are live from the H and H Chevrolet stage at the Hernan Sports Bar and Grill in progress renovation. Did you see the sign? Here. Uh, I saw it from a photo. But I haven't seen it yet in person. Yeah. They're putting it up, but I don't really want to walk outside. 
it's, no, it's, it's, it's miserable it's, it's, outside. It's, it's thick out there. I'm like, ah, if I'm going outside, I'm going to my car, and I am driving away. <laughs> so right now, I am just staying inside so I can finish the show because I think that's what everybody wants from me at, at the end here. But, yeah, no, um, we are, and I'm going to tell your boy Thomas here, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. They're at Sports YouTube page. We're on ESPN 590 here in town starting at 9 o'clock, KFOR in Lincoln, so you can catch us there as well. We continue the Big Ten whip with Aaron McMahon, Michigan football beat writer for M Live at Aaron McMahon on Twitter. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, guys. Aaron, good morning to you. Good morning. Now, Aaron, you know, news coming out yesterday. Uh, of course, uh, the thing on everybody's mind outside of the literal football season in Michigan is what's going on with Jim Harbaugh. What games is he coaching? What games is he not? Is he getting suspended at all? Is he not? Well, Michigan releases a statement saying we'll do the suspension for the NCAA, maybe yep. to get in I their good graces. Yep, yep. And uh, you know what? We'll just hand them three games, which if, if you don't know anything about Michigan's college football schedule you're like three games okay like he violated something he got suspended but then if you look at the three games he's suspended for it's like is he really suspended for three games or is he just going to watch from the sidelines as they take on their non-conference opponents all all everything that you know right Aaron would you say this is the end of it or do you believe there's more to come and we just don't know the exact timeline on that yeah, no, I think it's clear there's more to come here. I think this was kind of a preemptive strike from Michigan to try and get the, um, you know, to try and get the suspension at least partially over with. Um, because you got to remember, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, Michigan submitted this negotiated resolution to the NCAA to try to get the four games. Um, because I think the, uh, the assumption is it's going to be more than that if it was up to the NCAA. So the fact that that negotiated resolution was denied, doesn't mean the NCAA is probably eyeing six or potentially more games. I think this is Michigan's way of saying, all right, if you're going to give us six, then we'll try and take three out now. And then I, I think the assumption is they'll probably, you know, uh, leave three or four net for next season, like, again, during the non-conference schedule. Aaron, listen, I always ask people, like, I, you know, my thing is, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I get it, right? I don't think the NCAA was, was really um, handled this situation well. They're the ones that could release the statement. Michigan can't. But I'm in Indy, right? I'm talking to Coach Harbaugh. I, I get the vibe before he takes the podium. There is this certain level of, of confidence um, that he exudes as if it's not a rub your face in it, but he is his own guy. So as you're watching a team that is built for the long haul, that is extremely good, coming off back-to-back wins against a rival and representing the conference, is the juice worth the squeeze from a distraction standpoint? Because at the end of the day, you know the reward. Yeah, if you're, if you're Jim Harbaugh, yes. Um, I, I do think for Michigan, the, the school and the institution, I, I, I do think that they, they would prefer not to be in this situation. They obviously don't want to face penalties and they don't want to face all this unsuitable scrutiny that, that, comes across, that comes with the attention. Um, but I, I got to think, you know, if, if Jim Harbaugh and Michigan were in a different situation, whereas, you know, they weren't coming off back-to-back Big Ten titles and playoff appearances, I, I got to wonder what this would look like just from, a, from an optic standpoint. Not only this, but Michigan's had their share of off-the-field headlines this season yeah. for other reasons, too. So it, it, it certainly hasn't been a, a sparkling last, you know, 12 months for this program. They've had a lot of issues, um, yet they continue to win. And I think that's really what's kind of keeping – um, the, the tray on the track, so to speak. You know, everyone wants to talk about culture inside a football program and everything else. 
And I think a lot of that stems from whether you win or lose on the field. And Michigan's done a lot of that the last few years. So I remember doing the broadcast for the network uh, in Ann Arbor against Nebraska and got a chance to talk with Ward Manuel and um, just listening to him over the last couple of years since taking the job. He seems to be the antithesis of, of, of drama, extracurricular. He's, he carries himself with this presence like there's a certain way to do things. When you look at the relationship between an athletic director and their head coach, can you have common vision without necessarily having the same shared language? Yeah, I, I do think so, and I think in some regard, if you're an athletic director, you do have to put up with some of the stuff that maybe some of your high-profile coaches get away with. It doesn't maybe, seem uh, too Juwan Howardish either, right? So you're probably right. Exactly right. You know, and Jim isn't the only one that's kind of created headlines for negative reasons at Michigan. So I think in some regards, you know, Ward kind of put up with some of the stuff. You know, obviously they don't have, you know, shared beliefs in some in some cases. And yeah, you're right. Ward's kind of more of a behind-the-scenes, hands-off type of athletic director who kind of works, you know, behind closed doors. Um, and Jim likes to be in the limelight. You know, he said as much when he first got to Michigan. He likes driving headlines. He likes driving attention. Now, obviously, you want to do that for, for positive reasons and not negative ones. But nonetheless, I mean, it, it all goes back to whether you win, win, win on the field, and, and they've certainly been able to do that the last, the last two years. So as I'm sitting here thinking, Aaron, uh, just more about this suspension, I want to think maybe from the NCAA perspective, uh, do you think they're thinking right now we can't let other programs think this is okay, so we need to make an example out of Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, there might be some of that. You know, Michigan certainly isn't the, the first; wouldn't be the first school to stub their their, you know, their nose at the NCAA. Other schools have done it, you know, to some success and some degree of, of challenge as well. Um, I, I think where Jim and, and Jim really messed up here is you know the allegations that he lied or misled NC investigators. You know, Michigan as a whole, the program, they're facing a bunch of level two violations, which aren't the most serious. They're not like, they're, you know, they're, they're, there are a couple of recruiting violations and they watch some, rec- they watch some uh, workouts through Zoom during the COVID period. So not huge deals. Um, and if Michigan and Jim Harbaugh had just come clean from the get-go, they probably would have gotten a slap on the wrist and maybe some scholarship productions. But the fact the NCAA feels like Jim Harbaugh lied to them, I, I think is you know it goes to the old adage, right? To cover up sometimes sometimes is worse than the crime, and and I think that's where the NCAA is, is really um, you know peeved at Harbaugh. Um, it hasn't helped that this narrative has come out that that this is over a cheeseburger. Jim Harbaugh buying a recruited cheeseburger, and while that may have been part of it, there, there's obviously more to the story, and that's, I think that's what the NCAA was trying to get across in their statement. Aaron, the the crazy thing is, is on the field. Uh, this team could be lights really out. Good. If you get production outside the numbers uh, and you get some quarterback progress, I got a couple of buddies, a few former players that are very familiar with this football team. They tell me that this top six along the defensive line has a chance to be the best maybe in school history with their depth and certainly the best in the Big Ten and maybe the country. Are we missing the narrative is there a blessing in disguise that there's distractions with the NCAA, but on the field, this team can be extremely legit. Yeah, I, th- I think that's valid, and I have to think behind the scenes, Jim Harbaugh is, is trying to motivate his team to believe that way, to avoid the distractions and use it to channel it into energy to win football games and, and everything else. You know, Jim has said that he believes this is his most talented and, and deep Michigan football team. He's had, he's gotten Ann Arbor, which is saying quite a bit because he has some real good teams in the first couple of years. So, 
and then obviously the last two years, as we all know. So they, they're, they're all stacked on both sides of the ball. You mentioned the defensive line. They, they can be very good. they got a potential first-round pick in Chris Jenkins at tackle. And, you know, we're not even talking about the offensive line and, and how, they've, how they've done. The running backs are back. The quarterback's back. Uh, they've got a lot of weapons on this team, and I, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't be able to run through the Big Ten again, again this fall. What's it like covering a team with a win total of 10.5? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will say this, for whatever their win total is, the fan base here in Ann Arbor cares a whole lot. Um, it could be 7.5, it could be 8.5, it could be 11.5, and, and folks will still pack the, Mich- the big house. They will still show up in droves. Michigan will remain one of the highest watched college, most watched college football teams in the country. It comes to the territory, they have a huge alumni base, uh, a lot of dedicated football fans, and you've got a head coach, as you guys have know, who's, uh, who's well-known and, and likes to uh, generate interest. Aaron, how did Harbaugh seemingly be distracted in the offseason with a couple of job offers? You come back late, you you in a, like a thief in the night, you you kick Don Brown out, you you get rid of Gaddis, and he was supposed to be a, you know one man's trash is another man's treasure, and you haven't skipped a beat. You're better than you were two years ago. Testament to Harbaugh. Yeah. How did it happen seemingly with the blink of an eye? It, it just that I, I think Jim realized that what he knows best and what he does best is what they should have should have done from the get go, right? They brought in Gaddis, as you mentioned, and they try to go to this kind of open open ended offense, kind of a spread style scheme, and it just didn't work. Um, just from a schematic standpoint, player personnel, they couldn't recruit to maybe you know the skill guys that Ohio State could get. So when everyone's digging, Jim Harbaugh essentially zagged. He went back to his roots and then the ground and pile ground and pound style of football, running the ball. Uh, winning in the trenches, and and, every, and et cetera. And then I think that's been their kind of change the, the last couple of years. And you mentioned Don Brown, him firing his defensive coordinator, and it, he brought in a, a smart a smart guy from the NFL, Mike McDonald. He's been in the Ravens organization. He kind of deployed this versatile um, defense that wasn't just kind of uh, one-dimensional, and, it, and they were able to slow Ohio State down, and that was the difference in, I think, flipping their, their Big Ten ritual. I got a quick one here for you, Aaron. If you guys have a Heisman winner on this team, is it Blake Corum or J.J. McCarthy? I, I think J.J. McCarthy. And I, say I agree. I, I, I think the offense is still going to run the football, but they're going to have to split carries with, with Corum and Edwards this year. So I just don't think Corum's numbers are going to be there like they were last year. Completely agree. Aaron McMahon, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the week. Fantastic stuff, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks for having me. He's the Michigan football beat writer for M Live. When we come back, Mike Schaefer, we talk our Nebraska guy next. Coffee and cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. Let's tell you about some of our great sponsors here on the show. We talk about the Warhorse Casino phone line a lot, which you can call into 888-638-4876. Warhorse is the only casino in Nebraska where sports bets can be placed, and they have to be placed in person. Whether it's at a kiosk or whether it's with one of the sports book tellers, they can take your wagers and you can place a bet on your favorite team, your favorite game, except if it's Nebraska 
home games. That is the deed. The Warhorse Casino app can uh, you can view live odds and build your bets anywhere and then scan the QR code at the casino to place your wager. Straight bets, parlays, props, and live game, live in-game bets are all accepted. Visit warhorsecasino.com sportsbook or get the Warhorse Casino app for details in the full list of house rules. Uh, we are talking to Mike Schaefer coming up in a few moments, just waiting on him to get joined up. Yeah, where is Mike J? We need Mike J. DB, it says you're in studio twice on my screen. How about that? Listen, (laughs) so and you know this about me because you work like really close to me. If there's 50 or 55, 60 percent of what I do, somebody has to tell me. The other 40, I got, but like this whole technology thing is way above my pay grade. I don't want. I'm totally taking one for the team. I don't want to be on camera. I don't like this whole TV thing. Like I fought this in my in my other business, mm-hmm. but if this is the way of the future, and let's you have, go. And let's have, ride. And you have a Broncos mean, country, right? And you have a mean boss that has a lot of tattoos. You probably just try to go along <laughs> <laughs> to get along. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. I'm just trying. My buddy's mad at me. He said I bust rolled him for scheduling a five to six thirty practice. I'm just saying that was a little impromptu. What's <laughs> wrong with that, right? A little, little impromptu, JL. You just, you just told it to 3,000 people. It's cool. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I have to kind of treat him well because he's my insurance guy. Mm-hmm. But, man, five is tough on your boy. You would have laughed, too, over the weekend uh, when we were – I was doing the prospects scrimmage, and uh, we went to Elkhorn's Legion facility. Mm-hmm. You talk about, like, technology and finding your way through. Uh, my head coach goes up to the top and trying to turn on music and can't figure it out. And he comes back down. He's like, ah, I couldn't do it. And he, I'm like, would you want me to go look at it? Because, like, this is kind of like what I do, yeah, right? Yeah. I, can, I at least know what equipment yeah, looks like. Yeah, you get our TVs turned on, which, by the way. Aren't turned on today. Do yeah, I blame I Ravi, or is this because it's of the construction? It's Come probably a me thing. Is it? Yeah. So okay. uh, I, I, I'd like to blame Ravi for something. Uh, Ravi can take the blame for okay. sure. I'm, <laughs> so a lot, lot, lot of people like that guy. I think we should like knock some of the shine off. So I go up to the press box and I turn Ravi, on turn a few the TVs things. on. I plug in my phone. It says, would you like to use this as headphones? I hit accept and I hit play and there it goes over the speakers. He's like, all right, man. Nice work. Do I'm you, like, I didn't do much. Mike is here. You know, who I need oh, you to talk to. You. I need you to talk to Coach Lamanji. Hmm. To get music going at your practice? He doesn't love music. For three years, we practiced to music. We haven't played music one time. So you want me to talk to him so that he'll say, play hey, music? Yeah, say, hey, coach, man, I got you. I can be the DJ. I'll make sure it's radio edit, no cussing, this, that, and the other. Like, can, I'll, I'll can, create a playlist they, for The you guys, guys have told me that they want to play music. Just see what he says. Okay. Get back to me yeah, on that. I got you. If I your neck's you. a little thinner, I know he rung it. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him after the game on Friday, yeah, right? Well, let him, hey, if we don't get a win. Don't, <laughs> I'm running. Yeah, I'm don't, running. <laughs> if we don't get a dub, don't say a word. Mike Schaefer joining us now. Schaefer, good morning, man. Good morning. Mike J., how are you? Good. I don't know when the last time I saw this iteration of coffee and cream was. So, hey, you got, uh, you got uh, jokes uh, this morning, Do okay. you, you have jokes this morning, few, Mike J? Yeah, I got jokes. I, <laughs> I turn it on. I get into the stream, and I'm watching a Chicago Bear fan and a uh, Wisconsin Badgers fan. Going <laughs> you back hater. I remember a long time ago, like I five minutes ago, and I used to like you. That was cool. That was, that was, yeah, a, lot, that was, that was a good time. 
What's it's up? better than when you wear your Iowa gear as a recruiting coordinator. <laughs> yeah, still, still recruiting for Iowa, huh? I Somebody landed a kid years, but, you know, hey, they keep you on the payroll. A couple of weeks ago, Coach Woods was like, yeah, so wait, are you on or off payroll, question mark? I was like, ha, 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 funny man, yeah, you. Can't funny man, <laughs> you. So, up. so, Mike J., you misscheduled last week. You were busy on Friday. You weren't one of the – 5,000 in attendance on Friday night. Will you be at a high school football game this Friday? Yeah, uh, assuming weather permitting, I'll be at Elkhorn South, Lincoln Southeast on Thursday. You just have to be a contrarian. You couldn't go to Miller North and Papio? Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm kind of got like scheduled out who I'm trying to hit when, you know. You've, oh, you've Mr. Gotta, Mr. Organized. you got a plan, you know. you you got to have um, – and you got to have a plan in place. And so I uh, I don't know when I would see Elkhorn South otherwise. So I wanted to get eyes on Ashton Murphy uh, this year and see what else is going on with the storm. And then, you know, it's nice with Lincoln Southeast because I don't know what to make of them. I mean, they might be the best team in Lincoln, but I don't know what that means this year necessarily. Yeah, isn't um, it weird? Some, some people put them at like a three or four win team. Some people, you know, have them in the top ten. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of it is – where will they find offense besides Cash Bootenback? I mean, he might have, you know, 60 carries in the way that Lincoln Southeast plays. So uh, it, it'll be, you know, it'll be an interesting uh, first game for both of those teams. And, and I, I kind of want to watch uh, Ronner as well. I haven't seen him since last November and uh, want to get eyes on that too. So that game works out. But I also don't know. I mean, if it's 100 and some degrees at kickoff, on field turf, you're not gonna have these kids play that game, right? Like this is this is a bad, bad week for the weather to be like this. I, it's I, already these first couple games. You have to add an additional hour for all the cramping stoppages mm-hmm. as it is. Um, so you know, it's a uh, this, this heat wave needed to come like three weeks ago. We're so three weeks later. We're so overly paranoid at Westside. We they should nickname one of our periods. Call it the cramping period because. We've done all this research on cramps and stuff like that, and it, it turns out the number one cause from a couple of these studies are that folks don't simulate game situations enough before the first game. So, Mike J., like, not to give away the secrets or tell you how the sausage is made. I couldn't care less if Prep knows, but, like, within the first 18 to 22 minutes of practice, we are full speed for long periods of time just to make sure that uh, the hyperactivity is where it needs to be. And I'm not even going to get into the whole pickle juice and salt thing that has been (laughs) crammed down our throats since last Wednesday. Our staff was recruiting Prep Bellevue West. They were charting cramps (laughs) to put in our scouting report. For Saturday, right? Like, can we can we get these right. people to, to stop by Nebraska we, basketball? We, we, we leave we leave no stone unturned over there in the district. I listen. I I've heard the word cramp a thousand times, man. I cringed when I heard you say it. Well, look, I I'm sorry. It's just you know you know as well as I do what early uh, early season football brings in late August. Who's who's having a tougher time? turning the heads in Lincoln. Is it a Bauman or Pierre Allen Jr.? 
Um, for me, it would be for it'd be Dash. I mean, I I thought this was a guy, and I know he went and camped at Nebraska. I I thought he would get more attention um, from Nebraska's staff. I mean, he's a track guy. I think he's got a good build. Um, I think he's a good football player. Like, I I'm a little surprised he's getting ending up, um, you know, at Wyoming. And that's not a that's not a bad thing by any means. But I look at this sort of renaissance of in-state Nebraska football. And it's sort of surprising to me that he's kind of the guy on the outside looking in um, a little bit here this year. And so, uh, but, you know, that's Nebraska's loss or anybody else's loss is Wyoming's gain. I think he's a, a really good player. I thought that, you know, these last couple of years of all the Lincoln East games I've taken in. And so I was really intrigued to see what it was going to look like from a, a camp schedule and it just never really materialized for him the way that I thought that it would. Pierre Allen still has some more time and I, I think he needs, you know, a, a good season. I think the hard thing is trying to figure out what exactly he is mm-hmm. um, for, for your football team. I mean, I, he's kind of got a tweener build. And so can he be a Jack linebacker um, or does he have to really bulk up and be, you know, a little undersized as a defensive lineman. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see him on Thursday night, too. I know that uh, he is certainly uh, vocal in terms of how uh, things are, are going and in terms of the the edits that he receives and, and everything else. But I, I don't know that there's like a ton of recruiting traction behind that yet. And either, he needs to go create it this season. Either one of you surprised at the preferred walk-on offer for Jacob Arope, who already has the Northwest Missouri State offer mm-hmm. from Nebraska. Is there anything that happened on Friday night when you go back for a rewatch that discourages you from that shave? Uh, I haven't. I haven't dove into to Jacob a rope a lot. I got to be honest. I mean, the most of my bulk of work this weekend was trying to get a hold of Grant Bricks, and let me tell you, <laughs> it did not work. Not so. an easy guy to get a hold of. Hey, <laughs> one of one of my best buddies. Well, is, it looks like is, I'm going to be heading back is, up. Is a as a as a magnolia aficionado. So if you want to talk to my guy Kevin Shafe, I I got a guy that knows all the scoop. He turned me on to Bricks when Bricks only had one offer. And he said, hey, you may want to pass this along. This guy's starting to get garner some attention. So I, I yeah. put you in touch with my guy. What are the vibes you're getting from him, at least in the conversations you've had with him? Well, I mean, I haven't had that many conversations. And when I do, he's very good at saying all of the right things um, while offering, you know, some some crumbs. But you don't know you still don't know what exactly is going to be the ultimate deciding factor. I mean, he lists several things. He wants to to play for a program that's going to be successful. He wants to have a great relationship with his offensive line coach and his strength coach. And I know that he has a good relationship with Corey Campbell. And I think it's being built with Rayola. He obviously loves Matt Rule. The biggest thing for me with Grant Bricks and the reason why I think Nebraska, if I had to pick, like someone's like, you got to, you know, you got to tell me where he's going right now, blah, blah, blah. And I, I would guess Nebraska because of the proximity. I think he's pretty close with his family. It's 90 minutes roughly from his house to Memorial Stadium. Uh, and Nebraska's done a really nice job recruiting him. And I, I feel like he's hearing constantly from Daniel Kalen and Carter Nelson, uh, who become quite the, the tag team of, of recruiting, at least it related to, to Grant Bricks. So um, I, I think all of that sort of points in the direction of Nebraska. And then you just hear things about Oklahoma, and he really likes Oklahoma's line coach. I mean, I, I think if there's a reason Oklahoma wins this recruitment, it's because of uh, – I can't think of his name uh, – Bill 
beaten ba- by yeah, that one uh you know he's put so many guys in the nfl and he's been in oklahoma for a long time and and i think he really has the trust of grant brick so i think those are your two top candidates right now but when you call the head coach and he's like man i stopped asking because i don't know either he's not telling me so uh and i i believe coach straight on that i, I don't think he's just making that up so i think this has been a very internal process and we're all just going to be on the outside waiting. And I, there's no guarantee that a decision's happening this week either. That's the other thing. That's uh, an, he can just it. easily take it into the season. He doesn't owe it to anyone. And he even told me, even if a decision gets made, not like he's going to throw himself a parade or have it a hat ceremony or anything like that. It, I mean, it's it's going to get leaked out some other fashion, I'm sure. What was your sense with Connor Riley and K-State? Uh, likes him a lot. Because um, Connor Riley is, is pretty spectacular. Oh, yeah. No, I think he's he's one of those guys that uh, he's at a great spot for him. He can recruit the Midwest. He's built a pipeline. Uh, you know, they, they're really excited about their future offensive line down there, let alone the guys that are going to be starting for him this upcoming year. So I, I just know from talking from to our Kansas State guy, the confidence seems to be waning slightly mm-hmm. uh, there. And I don't know if that's just because there's just been more reports from the, the Oklahoma-Nebraska writers. Uh, but it, it just seems like maybe Kansas State's pulling third right now. But that could change over time, too. I mean, if Grant Bricks really decides to play this thing out, the team that's going to look the best on the field this year out of these three, in my mind, is Kansas State. Um, so, I, you know, that could help bring them back around. So it just all comes down to when and why Grant Bricks decides to shut things down. Mm. Mike Schaefer, Nebraska football and recruiting for 24-7 sports with us right now at Mike J. Schaefer on Twitter. Mike, let's take this uh, to Nebraska now. Uh, are we at the point to where it's unlikely Gilbert gets his waiver? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Um, you know, I don't know all the details of it. Uh, we've heard some whispers that it's not looking particularly good at this point in time. It seems like there's uh, – some sort of component to it that they've got to they've got to get together with Georgia and have that figured out. I mean, that's just sort of the one hundred the whisper rumor innuendo that I've heard. But whether that's true or not, I, I can't speak to it. Ultimately, it's either going to be a thumb up or a thumb down, and it feels like it's going to be a thumb down. To which then, I wonder whether we ever see Gilbert uh, at Nebraska. You know, I mean, I it was like playing in an actual game because I I wonder if he doesn't get a waiver this year, what would keep him in college football next year? He, he needs to, to play, and this year, I think, was sort of the jumping-off point to, to getting back into the NFL's radar. So um, that, that certainly will be interesting to me how that all plays out if he doesn't ultimately get that waiver. Shafe, if you're kind of taking a look at this football team, and I was telling Drew Down, you know, it was weird. A couple years ago, Coach Chenander had that deal right after the bye and, and Thanksgiving where he was like, hey, you know, I think we found one in, in Blaze Gunnerson. And then last year, um, you know, we started to kind of see him playing. Both Coach Bush and Coach Joseph really liked Blaze Gunnerson. He, we're back again this year, and he potentially is a starter. Did you see this? Maybe not the rise in terms of, hey, we like Blaze Gunnerson. We think he's fully healthy. But the positional switch in his frame allowing him to be playing where he's playing now and still garner the love. Yeah, I, I've always kind of viewed Blaze Gunnerson as more of a kind of an upside version of, of Ben Stilley. I think their body types were really similar. 
Um, you know, I, I think that he has a little bit more athleticism than Ben. Who Ben was a multi-year starter. I don't want that to end a guy who's getting a cup of coffee in the NFL. I don't want that to come off as like any kind of slight to Ben Silly. So if I think you have a little more potential than that, that means I think you're a guy who should be, you know, competing at, a, at an NFL training camp in a few years. But the, the problem for Blaze, to me, hasn't been necessarily finding him a home. It's getting him on the field and keeping him healthy for long durations of time. And this goes back to basically he had a great sophomore year. And then after that, he hasn't had a year that's been injury free out of his last five. Um, so I, I think if he can stay healthy, there's, there's a great chance he can be productive. I, I really have, I've always kind of been pretty high on Blaze Gunnarsson. It's just been a matter of, can he stack enough days together and stay out onto the field that he can give you a performance that uh, can be helpful long-term. Now, as we heard from coach on coach rule, that is on Saturday, Shafe, um, talking about the captains um, and not having them until really bowl season. If it came down to it, I thought that was interesting. I thought it was, uh, a different look on, on how growth happens throughout the year. And now we, we talk about it all the time on the show. Not everyone's a leader, even though that's kind of what's being pushed right now. Uh, but it gets, you know, the chance to see everybody do it at least once. Do you like the idea because it promotes every player at some point uh, to need to take responsibility of leading? Yeah, I what I like about it is that I think it gives them a – a level of team ownership like you get you you get this experience or you get a piece of this team and maybe you're not the vocal guy but you're a lead by example type or you're just someone who's showing up and doing what's asked of you and getting that one percent better each time out I, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can highlight people on your roster who are doing the right things without it always having to be a guy that's necessarily vocally speaking, or even someone that we see in the media all the time. I, I think, you know, there's there's countless examples in my career of guys that will be available to get up and talk and talk like a leader, but don't have that, you know, fellowship and those followers in the room. And so I, I do think that, you know, a lot more happens in the locker room or in these position rooms where guys can be leaders that aren't necessarily the people that we think of as media or fans. And this is a good way to, to be able to highlight some of that. And it's a good way to, you know, if a guy has a great week of practice and he's a walk-on player for you and you can still celebrate this fact uh, by letting him go be a captain for a week, even if he's not necessarily a guy that's going to go help you, um, you know, in 20 reps in that game or, or what have you. So I, again, to me, it's about team ownership and accountability. Uh, and, and I think I like it. I mean, it's, it's unique. I don't know that it's something, I would be accustomed to for every game for the duration of Matt Rule's career, but it's uh, it's certainly unique this first year. Checkers or chess? <clears throat> usually things that come out. Via, I'm bad at both. <laughs> usually things that come out via film are very strategic. AJ Allen, or excuse me, Anthony Grant, filming Gabe Irvin, going through locker rooms, talking about. You know how nice it is, competition. A guy that was basically just called out multiple ways <laughs> over the weekend. We say clearly number one for Gabe Irvin. Get good gamesmanship or culture finally setting in where a guy can be allowed to do a video promotion in the same position group as a guy that was just named the air quotes clear number one. 
Well, aren't these guys friends, you know, from, from their time? I always Oklahoma. say the magic happens is when you can cheer for somebody else at your own expense. Yeah, so that, maybe they I, are. I, I think they have that. They have at least some relationship from going to the same high school down in Georgia. And, you know, Anthony Grant and Gabe Irvin have both talked about that uh, this summer. I I will admit to being surprised at, at um, how this sort of played out. On hey, me, me, me too. And I still don't believe it. So. I, uh, okay, well, that makes me feel better because I, I kind of I kind of did a little table pounding for, hey, Anthony Grant's going to be uh, Me too. I, listen, I, I still think he'll be their leading rusher. So Good, good. All right. We, 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 I'm we, either going really, to be really stupid or really smart. We'll see because I have no idea right now. I'm willing to stand there right there with you so we can have the tomatoes pelting. But yeah, I'm a, I was surprised by that. I, I really was. And I don't know what, what I'm not sure of is if it's just like a new issue, if it's been an issue all throughout fall camp, I don't remember a lot of fumbles for Anthony Grant last year. Um, so it was just, it, it caught me by surprise. It really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, just on, what was it? Thursday or Tuesday, like it was kind of the, it was kind of like, man, look at what Anthony Grant has kind of done in a yeah. short amount of running, time. Look running, with, running with the ones. Right. It was all, it was cool by you. And then all of a sudden it's like, fumbles, he's, he's third, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it was a little jarring, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what that ultimately means. I, I do feel like this isn't a coaching staff where if something said like that, well, one, it's a little unusual that it's that transparent, but that's a whole other yeah. conversation. Yeah, it's like, wow. Two, I don't think that means that Anthony Grant is going to be set in the doghouse and never let out in yeah. a way that we would have seen under some other coaches. They're going to need them all. Yeah, and and I, what tells me that is that you go all the way back to the beginning of the spring, who got suspended for, like, the first two practices? Anthony Grant, mm-hmm. you know? And then this is the sort of, like, rise back up into the good graces it seemed like it culminated last week on tuesday and so i i just don't think we've you know he's not just going to be set off to the side and forgot about and it i don't know if it was a motivational thing i don't know what it was but uh it was certainly caught my attention from saturday's media availability as i think it did everybody else shafe last thing here you know we're down to down to three until we get to know who our single-digit wearers will be for the season. Oh, Lord. Do you think Newsom is going <laughs> is to get Is this the his... new black shirts? <laughs> do you think, Man. Do you hey, think... how about Coach Rule yesterday when he, or the other day? And he goes, I've never had anybody ask me right. about depth charts as much as anybody right. you guys around this place. <laughs> I don't believe that. Do you think Newsom will get his six back? Uh, I, I'd be a little surprised if he doesn't, right? Me like, too. That's what I think. But what about Hartzog? Well, I maybe you talk about a guy that like doesn't a, come up. If, let me ask, let me turn leader. a question back to you guys. Do we think that Matt Rule is calculating enough that there's a rhyme or reason as to why these are getting announced, how they're getting announced, yes. when they're getting announced? One thousand percent, Mike so J. Is it possible that he has already known and has known for a while? Who is getting a single-digit number, and that's why the number six hasn't, you know, disappeared. So the, or, do you think that they've come in weird order? Like, why didn't he just go zero through, th- through three or four, five? You know, yeah, like he's letting it, the guys pick? It, it all feels odd, 
to, to say so no six. nobody wanted six well i don't know if anybody wanted to right. deal with taking as, six. as newsom right. good, <laughs> newsom, find somebody sleep in the locker room you right. took my six exactly you don't have my six you took that my doesn't six doesn't seem like that builds the family atmosphere <laughs> you know so i i expect him to have that okay. the, the malcolm hartzog one is interesting too it's hard because there's like eight guys i like in their secondary and i mean they can they can play five, I guess, now. Mm-hmm. But there's there's like three others where it's like, okay, well, Deshaun Singleton, and we've got, you know, all these other guys. That's so, my, that's um, my dude. I, I would like to – I would really like to see kind of how it plays out for the secondary over this first month. I think they're going to be as interesting as a position group as there is on defense. Shea, appreciate the time, man. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Mike J. All right, guys. Have a good one. Sports Six Pack up next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. All right, mix up. Matt Schick at 930, Sports Six Pack at 945. So we welcome in. Mr. Matt Schick right now, who was just here live in person. And hopefully you made it out to the event to see the Schick and Nick show live from the newly renovated Heard at Sports Bar and Grill. It was the last event of the old restaurant. Matt, good morning. Morning. Andrew, great to catch up with you. It's, uh, it was a great night. I am back in Charlotte. I am on my way home. It was a quick turnaround, but it was well worth it. I good. forget that you don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, I, I, I'm dying. I don't even know if you thought about this. Like, you endeared yourself. You're a Colorado guy, Colorado fan. Sometimes you draw the ire of Nebraskans. You can come, go, tell a few laughs, but it's all this. You're like this beloved figure. How'd that happen? Like this is that like did you draw this up? It's it's crazy because there aren't a lot of people that have done it your way with that history and still come out smelling like a rose. It's really uh, funny and insightful that you say that because at the end of the show last night, I said something very similar at the end of the show, and my comment was. I mean, we had, it was just a sold out venue and people, you know, taking pictures afterwards. Yeah. Just, and I do catch myself and, and stop and think, wow, this is a, a pretty remarkable situation. And I said at the end of the show, I said, you know, the guy to my left, Nick Baugh, is a legend in the state. Mm-hmm. He can do no wrong. Like, he is the guy. And uh, Lincoln Southeast, Creighton, I mean, the guy, the guy is just awesome. And I said, I am the outsider. I said, I am the guy from the University of Colorado, came into your state, and you welcome me in such a way that every time I get off the plane in Omaha, whether I'm with my family or not, like I was by myself two nights ago when I stepped off at 1130 at night, <laughs> I, walked through the, I walked through the airport, and I said, I'm filled with such emotion, energy, nothing but good feelings and it's because of the way that the city and the state embraced me and i'll I'll tell you 
Like it, it didn't start great. Like I showed up in Kearney, Nebraska, mm-hmm. doing local television, and I was covering. Uh, they had me wear. They asked me to wear a Husker pin <laughs> the night the night that Nebraska played Miami in the Rose Bowl for the national championship. And I told them, "I'm not wearing the pin." <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't think I wore the pin that night. But I had just I just graduated like months prior. And so I go from that to, you know, then come to Omaha and then I start doing some different kind of stories and you just kinda you you know, the way the, the way I went about it is just make people feel a certain way. Mm. Uh, because it wasn't it wasn't my background that was going to win people over. It's not like I'm from Tecumseh and made this great catch. Yeah, but right? they they've chewed up and spat out folks for much less, right? It's like <laughs> a lot of people have tried it. It just hasn't worked. Yeah, that's that's true. I'd like to think that that my approach at Channel Seven was was unique enough and cause people to laugh and enjoy watching me, that the last thing they think about is where I went to school. And and so that's where I think, and plus the Braskins are just great people. And so do, doing those stories, and then the show, then the Chicken Nick show took it to a different level where you're just doing a show for three hours and you're making people laugh. And then when the show went off the air, I mean, people are, enough notes and we even got comments last night about people guy came up to us he's like a six foot five guy saying like when you went off the air i was in tears like yeah. those things matter those things matter to people and it doesn't doesn't necessarily matter where you went to school or what you did or what you said it's how you made them feel and, and we've tried to kind of ascribe uh, subscribe to that notion Oh shoot, man! I have to take advantage of some of your expertise while we got you. We were talking, we were talking Michigan and Ann Arbor and and all the distractions with one of the Michigan beat writers. And I, I, I was telling Andrew, I said it's almost like these guys are flying under the radar with a fantastic team, about as much as a top five team can fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at Michigan up front. A couple of my buddies, one used to coach there. He said this is as good a depth along the D line as Michigan has had in the last 25 years. And I had to take a step back. Is Michigan that team under this coach? Yeah, they are right now. They are right now. It's uh, it's really incredible to see what happened. You know, he has built this team the Michigan way. He's building it from the inside out. You know, there aren't a lot of people that can name a receiver for Michigan right now. Uh, and that doesn't matter, right? I mean, Cornelius Johnson, you can go down the list and na- name a few if you cover the team and you cover the Big Ten. But this is a offensive line, defensive line, built, run game, Michigan, somewhat dynamic quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. You know, Chris Jenkins along that defensive front is a freak and a guy that you're probably going to know a lot about during the season. This is a team that out of the top three or four teams, Damon, I mean, you know this, they're the only one with the returning starting quarterback. Um, those, Those things matter, and but they're not so reliant on that. Spot. I mean, Kate McNamara took them to the playoffs. So this is a, it, it, they are that team and anything short, truly, I, I truly believe this, anything short of a national championship is a disappointment. It's crazy how we just anointed, Andrew and I talked about this, that we just anoint Georgia and Ohio State as if they aren't breaking in first time starters at quarterback. Right. It's true, but at some point, just when you 
stack top five classes on top of each other, you get the benefit of the doubt. Um, I mean, when you, I mean, when you, when you, when you can have uh, your third string quarterback win you a national championship and Cardell Jones, all doubt is removed from your program. Yeah, good point. So I think that's kind of where they're at right now. But, but that whole quarterback situation is really interesting too. You know, with Devin Brown, it's like, did, did Ryan Day look at last year and go, Look, man, C.J. Stroud played lights out, and we still – and he was the most dynamic player on the field. He was the best player on the field, and he still came up short. I need someone close to that. I need someone with a ceiling, the highest ceiling that I can find at quarterback, and maybe that is Devin Brown, albeit inexperienced. We'll see. Now, Schick, a more impactful transfer at the quarterback position for what the offense wants to do, Tanner Mordecai or Cade McNamara this year? Well, most impactful transfer based on what they want to do is Tanner Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, he has to play well for them to do well, even though they have Braylon Allen. But this is going to be such a culture shift, uh, and, and Coach Longo and Stickle and what they're doing there. I, I was talking to a beat writer uh, on Monday, actually, and I said, how different is this going to look? This is Jim Polzine, uh, covers the team. He's like, well, I've told my readers and people who listen to me to just be patient because it's going to be very different. It's going to be, he goes, they, they will take the field. He goes, we've seen some practices and every time I've watched them, it's four receiver sets. It's 11 personnel. It's that's just the way it's going to be. And so get used to it. So Tanner Mordecai has got to do it. Kate McNamara is, I mean, we've seen quarterbacks of the past. This was a decent Iowa team last year that had a terrible quarterback. Mm. So if Kate McNamara is just distribute, do your thing. You don't have to wear an S on your chest. Um, just just don't screw it up, and this team will win eight or nine games. So between seven and nine games this year at least. I hear the lousy music. The Big 12 <laughs> is going to come out smelling like a rose after a lot of consternation, I think, especially as a basketball conference. If you have to take a flyer, Texas – Texas Tech or TCU? I'm taking a fly on Texas Tech. Me too! My man. Yep. Mad chick. You yep. just had to blow up his head some more today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I like him. I think they're going to be sneaky. Yeah, no, I agree. They got the right head coach. They got the right coach. They beat Texas last year. Let's go. Chick, <laughs> appreciate the time, man. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, fellas. Six pack up next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. So cur- currently, DB grabbed a lid. He's gonna he's gonna try to pick up this spider. I feel a little dinged up. I can't take my body over to Dingman's, but you can take your car after there. the show, right? No, I, I got this. You see, I slid the paper under. I got it in the cup. I'm gonna take good care of him or her. I assume it's a. I assume it's a dude. If it was a female, it would be bigger. It is a monster. He goes, he goes I'm not going to squish him. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'd want my shoe on top of that thing. Yeah, I, That's probably the biggest spider that I have not seen that's a, like that I've gone to a pet store like for. I, 
you talk. That thing was just out here chilling. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk ghost stories and haunted houses already today and, you know, walking in the dark and exorcism and, and things That's like that. That's one of those spiders you now see in a scary spiders. movie. Oh. You see that in a scary movie where somebody takes that and throws it in your bed. Yeah, dude, Shane dropped an expletive on the yeah, spider. That did. spider didn't do anything to you. Yeah, I know, and I don't want it to. I couldn't he, believe he called you it called it a, it a jerk. He called it an effort. Oh, like that's you, what he said. You can't say that. I said a footballer. Yeah, he did say a footballer. Yeah, that's what it was. It's a, I was like, that footballer. seems. You gonna to, take that to the game on Friday? That's I don't know, like, because I'm gonna see keep a little the, West Side prep. Action? I'm gonna keep the lid on there for a second. I, do you have to poke holes like when you were a kid? Dude, I I gotta be honest, man. It would be dead already. Why? If it were me, it'd be dead already. Well, how are you gonna kill it? Oh, flip flop, <laughs> chuck it. I would you chuck like, this thing down? Would you? Throw the flip-flops away because you're not – there would be so much juice on that thing. And I'd rub it on Shane's backpack. Dude, it's a fat. I would be so pissed. I'd call you a footballer <laughs> over and over and over again. He, so you came today and yeah. his backpack I'm was on this mad. rolling chair. Yeah. I would be And I walked pissed. over. Yeah, I, go, I don't, want it, on the, I don't want it on the floor. So I, I don't want my backpack on the floor. Can I tell the story? No. <laughs> I walk over to go get this chair, and he goes, don't put my backpack on the floor. And I have no Meanwhile, idea. it's in my hand. And I have no idea if you did because there's a wall here, so I have no idea. You didn't put my backpack on the floor, did you? No, it didn't hit the floor. You got lucky. It would have gone on the floor, though. I would have been mad. Do you know why I'm silent? Because I have snapped on more than one occasion for people putting their work or backpacks on the kitchen counter. Oh, well, that's that's, that's that's what I'm saying. That's I don't, gross. It's that, the, it's kind of the same concept, though. So just, it's just the opposite. Whereas, and I don't want mine on the back on like the floor I, because I, I might put it on my kitchen counter. But which you know is who fine. sat in this chair? Like, no, you don't know. They don't clean this. this there's no other chair. place to put it. Dude, normally, they don't clean. Dude, normally, there's normally there's. I'm no. I I'm standing. I'm not sitting. <laughs> Normally there's the spiders got everybody annoyed. <laughs> Meanwhile, the biggest baby in the room is the one that's just chilling. <laughs> Everybody's a little nervous. I know. I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna. Shane, I'm gonna let that thing. Your backpack's on top of other stuff that probably has been collecting dust for the past. But it's not sitting on the floor though, where there's a gigantic spider sitting <laughs> like two feet <laughs> from that's it. A good point. I, I that's a good point. The spider could have gone in the backpack. I would have been. I would have been pissed. That's a good point. God, was, I would have been calling. If you that would have been on the. If that would have been on your car mat and. The car? Would you be a prime candidate for Dingman's? Because I'm dead serious. He would have swerved off the road and hit something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, nope. pe- people have swerved off the road for Call less. Dingman's for sure. Hundred twentieth and Maple. They got a lot of locations. Right. I'm a little bit nervous over here. I got a big, Shane, a, big ass spider sitting right over there. I right over there. Shane, I got you. Open up a six pack. Open up a six pack. Yeah, man, have a cup. And have a beer, man. Have a beer because it's it's sports six this, pack. This time. dude is mad. I said, hey, I'm just gonna slide a paper no, under I'm it. I'm nervous. Flip a cup over, and he's like, oh, no, 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 do it after I leave. Do it after yes, I leave. Yes, I'm already packing up right now and turning stuff off. That's why you don't want your backpack on the floor. No, I don't want my backpack on the floor. Ken on Ken on YouTube. Are you ladies done arguing about right, Robert Hedges just- for staring <laughs> or storing your handbags? <laughs> Yeah, if you want a five, you want a gigantic spider Shane. as big as my hand Shane. in your bag. Play, play the six-pack, you whack job. Jeez. I'm nervous. I don't even know where it's at. Oh, my gosh. What are we doing he here? He's too busy standing. I like the little back. Of, you guys, Shane ain't having it. You made him stand up and look through his little window. <laughs> his little you, playhouse? You want the six-pack here? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be great.
Time now for the Sports Six Pack, presented by Zipline Brewing Company, makers of Dear Old Nebraska Brew, the official beer of Nebraska alumni. All right, Zipline Brewing, the presenting sponsor of the Sports Six Pack. You can get yourself a case of the can opener tropical ale at your favorite Zipline location. we got to speed this thing up, Shaner. Let's do question number one. Well, I'm already on beer number two, so. <laughs> question number one. You shotgun that first? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chris in Omaha, how much of a average is Nebraska at going into game one because Minnesota just doesn't have a Disadvantage? And it says how much oh, of, advantage. A, of an advantage <laughs> is Nebraska going into – everybody's a little nervous today. <laughs> I don't know if it's I can't read. I, I can't read. You. Well, there's a giant spider over there. <laughs> All right. Advantage, Nebraska, Minnesota. How what much we of an – ah, good Lord. How much of an advantage is Nebraska because Minnesota doesn't have a lot on them? Right. That's basically the question. Um, I, I feel like it's even just because – Nebraska has so many new pieces. Is it still seven and a half, six and a half? For I that have game? N- I have not even remotely checked, taken a peek. I haven't checked the line. I think it was seven and a half when we first checked. Uh, I think it's pretty close too. A, a new team, new look. Minnesota will be prepared for whatever comes their way, mm-hmm. so that that won't come as a shock to anybody. But it, advantage Nebraska in this case of hey, we at least have seen what this Minnesota team was last year with Kaliak Manis coming in and playing against uh, the Huskers at one point and knowing what they kind of like to do. And Coach Rule is such a, a, a philosoph, as you like to say. Uh, Are you a philosopher? He, he yes. Does, he does his I homework. I think very deeply. And um, <laughs> yeah, let's just say he's been reading the history books and they'll plan well for this game. I think it breaks even. Nebraska is so new, so many new faces, new staff. It offsets the fact that there's some familiarity with Minnesota and having an advantage with tape. Question number two. Victor in Omaha, or in Lincoln, what's the ideal landing spot for Jonathan Taylor? Oladipo, send him to Chicago. Let that him, would be unbelievable. Let him play with Fields. They both will flourish. DJ Moore will vault to everybody's great number one trade fantasy acquisition. Send him to Chicago. That would be my. I could see him going to Miami too. They have the carousel of running backs down there, and nobody's really. A He's a rhythm guy. Action. He's a rhythm guy. So go where he can get some lion share. Shy Town, baby. He's uh, a Wisconsin they used guy. Neil Herbert a ton last year though Tell over him. Montgomery. Still on a rookie deal. Not basic. Not going to cost you anything. Oh, I'm I'm for it. I'm right? all for John. Let, it, let let him play and get fields better. Eat. Yeah. Question number three. College quarterback question. How concerning is it for Ohio State that Kyle McCord hasn't grasped the, the job yet? I think it is pretty concerning with oh, how right we talk about you. it. Right there with well, you. Everybody I know everybody thinks you just three. you just throw it out there and you let you know all these guys run. No, I think it's concerning. You want to play for it all. You, you can't be at this stage, I think, at the quarterback spot. Well, we, we were talking about you know Big Ten quarterback rankings just months ago. And, and he was he in was everybody's top, top three. three. Yeah, Top I'm, three. I remember. And if he doesn't have the job yet, that's a problem. Uh, why, great concern. All right. Question Dylan, number four. Dylan in Omaha, if Coach Rule doesn't like playing freshman kickers, as you said yesterday, DB, do you think uh, Tristan ends up as being the starter that Rule's personal liking 
for not doing something one way will hold him back. Yeah, I, I, be I believe he will concede. Okay. Freshman or well, not. Well, you have to. I, yeah, like I, if you name him the starter, you just yeah, have to. I, I believe he'll concede, and it will be Magnum TA. And that'll be fine. I, I've, I've been on the TA train for a long time. I've, I've set high expectations for him. I put him already up there with what he could be with the Henrys and the Cooks of the world. So. Ooh. Now, he's a Sunday talent, but talent, you still have to go out and perform. He's through the roof right now. Yeah. His ceiling is way up there. Got a Sunday leg. All right, question five. Jordan and Lincoln, paging the predictors of the world. The only two I trust on the airwaves. Who's the team to keep an eye to sneak into the playoffs on as the MLB regular season comes to an end? So a sneaker pick for MLB playoffs? Yep. I still think it's the Mariners. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I think watch out for the D-backs. They're starting to get their feet again. Yeah, we'll see if there's enough room, right, with the central floundering and the east kind of muddling. Right. They, you, you're right. It, that window may open up for them. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go D-backs there, Shane. I'm, I'm going to take the Mariners. All right, question number six. Would you rather have a 10-hour dinner with your least favorite political figure or attend a 10-hour concert of a music group that you can't stand? Dinner. All day long. I'd probably go to the concert. Dinner. I hate bad music. I don't like loud. Not even but a I could, discussion. I could people watch at this concert for 10 hours, and that'd be cool with me. Give me. I would chill with Jimmy Carter. You know what I'd take for before, 10? Before. Just because we would just talk about being a physicist. I wouldn't talk about foreign See, politics. I just don't even want to be around a politician. You know what I'd take at for all. 10? I'd, I'd chill with Nixon for don't 10 hours. A politician. Dude, bad music, though. Like I said, people watch. I'm a people watch. You know what I? You know what I take for a ten? What song is that? I don't know, man. Here's you what know I, I got issues. Here's what I take for a ten: a size ten to that spider over there. Dude, we're gonna uh, get, we're gonna we're gonna bottle this bad Kick boy. Kick his ass out of here. Right, we'll Damn. be back tomorrow.